are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, weird science. What up, fresh cup crew? Weird science is the revolution. Hello, weird science. I like to kill. Weird science is the revolution. Can it be? Why, yes it is. It's another episode of the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm a Metropolitan... I'm a Metropolitan... I'm a Metropolis Marauder, Eric Shea, and, and this I'm, is the Weird Science DC Comics <laughs> Podcast, episode and I'm number Jim 393. Warner. I didn't even get a chance to say my name. No, and no you didn't. I, I can't... Skew. Yeah. I had problems yesterday while we were recording, <laughs> and I, I ended up where you kept saying, and I was wondering why, and I knew that I wasn't saying it right, but I was desperately trying. You're like, you don't even listen you to You don't me. listen to So nothing. when I went back to edit it, I'm like, oh, that's what he meant. I, 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 I didn't get the Utah joke the week before either. <laughs> I ended up thinking that every time you're saying things, you're just saying, making fun of how I say stuff. But yeah, skew. For some Metropolis Marauder. The, the, the Metropolis Marauder. I keep there. changing this up now, and I don't know why I got this so inspired to do this. And for some reason, I wrote this down here. I'm reading now. I'm like, I forgot completely what I wrote down here. I'm like, what is this word? Rural <laughs> juror is what you have to do. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 293 of the official unofficial podcast of all you weirdos out there in the Get Fresh crew. Uh-uh. And we have a bunch of books. This week, and also just to point out, we had already done our DC Comics Best of 2021 award show. We ended up putting that up on Friday, ended up having a an audible at the line. I, I was like a modern-day Peyton Manning, Eric. I'm calling the plays at the line here, yelling, Omaha, Omaha, and then we did it on Friday. But with that, today, okay. in this, is this episode, we're actually going to end up talking about the weirdos picks from the poll on the patreon of what they picked for the awards while also getting three males this week the males picking up much to your chagrin eric it's going but before we go into all of that let me remind everyone to go over to twitter at weird science dc follow us we'll follow you back go to our website weird science dc comics.com where we review almost all of the books each and every week from dc comics also rate and review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. That'd be awesome. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where we have a ton of shows. You sign up, you check things out. We have a bunch of shows, DC Comics, Marvel, Manga, TV, all these sort of things. But one of the big things that should be, you know, of interest to anybody listening right now is each Thursday night, me and Eric get together to have the badass picks of the week spotlight. Eric. <laughs> Oh, my throat is killing me. This yeah, week, we ended up doing the finale of Crush and Lobo number eight, and then Dark Knights of Steel number three, where I saw some people putting that in their, their book of the year when only two issues came out there. So with all the that, tough year, though, apparently. it was a good book, though. It still continues to be on the uh, spotlight. Me and Eric differ a little bit on the Dark Knights of Steel. Crush and Lobo were pretty much right on what we think about that book together. But you can go over and listen to that, an episode that was about an hour, a little over an hour long. They usually are. And again, pointing out that you can go and also listen to our DC Awards show that came out on this regular feed as well. That ended up being about an hour and 30 minutes. But we're here for the rest of the books, the books that are, you know, on everybody's tip of their tongue. We have a bunch of things tonight. We start a weekly book, Eric. 
very weekly. And, you know, the some other bad the stuff. Bat. This is uh, a week that's going to be a prelude to next week that Rob, Tho- Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas, <laughs> Matchbox 20 fame? <laughs> Rob Lewis. I, I actually, I'm sorry for you, Rob Lewis. You know, Rob Thomas, where did that come from? Oh, my Rob God. Thomas. Oh, my God. I, that was crazy. But uh, Rob Lewis had warned us is going to be a very big bat family oh, yeah. week next week. Rob Thomas just warned me to kind of, you know, Play it. What was it? Smooth was the that one? I'm like, deal? who doesn't love Rob Thomas? I'm like, I can't remember any Matchbox Twenty songs. See that the song I pulled out was just him and Santana. Matchbox Twenty can go <laughs> stop it. I was not a big fan. I, I I looked at Matchbox Twenty almost like what a lot of people later on like looked at a bunch of other bands. It's just kind of like, and eh, they kind of seem like I don't know posers in my mind. Posers. I don't know why. Posing as musicians, and they were posing as people selling tons of records. I guess I, I just was not into them. Like, uh, I don't even yeah. think they were trying to be all that outrageous or crazy. They were just themselves in my mind. No, yeah, that's why we can't remember them now, Eric. I guess they weren't that interesting. But I ended up liking. I was more into some heavier. I never things bought any at that albums, point. But right? I was into heavy stuff like like in sync and stuff yeah. like that, right? So with bye, bye, all bye. of that, no, exactly. Uh, can we say that to this intro? With this all, this points out or brings us to the roll call badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Oh, oh, and this is their roll call, Eric. I think Rob Thomas might be a, a member of the Patreon. I'm not sure. We have Ronnie so. G Comics and Pop Reviews, Ted Probes, I Love Punchline, Michael S. Forest, Polly Cam, Joseph Bodzik, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, Lady Abby, and Lord Andy. Matches below Niels Tivor, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum. Joey got a new tattoo, by the way. Stephen oh. Baum, uh, Jason C., uh, that is 242 to you and me. Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocke, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Algen Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Big Brian Michael Bendisman. Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark. We'll hear from him a little bit later. Rob Lewis slash Rob Thomas. They're now a duo. Bria Murr, that's Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo. And Double A-Ron, shout out to the all-time great Reggie. And just to explain... The reason why we end up having the Badass Roll Call and the Badasses are the upper levels of the Patreon. So when you go on there, if you want to be part of the Patreon and then eventually want to pretty much, you know, make us do what you want to do, you can end up being a badass and then you can pick all of those books. But Also, Eric, Matchbox 27 that I remember because I just looked it up was 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. It's 3 a.m. I must. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good song. Here, here's the thing. Is separating him from Rob Thomas because the guy at my in my mind at that point was just too good looking. I, I didn't like that. Right. You know, separated from right. him, uh, then I you know that's I can't a good focus song. on this wonderful music. This man is just too handsome. That's true. Now, is it you or me or do we both that if you listen to Three AM, you also then want to listen to that one headlight song by the Wallflowers? They, they kind of go together with. No, no, I don't, I don't know really why. Listen to 3 that should be often, the but deal. No, I like that song. Yeah, do you like the one headline? You like that with Jacob Dylan? See, I know more about them than and they weren't as big, but they were big for a bit. You you more of a um gin blossoms fan, are you? Actually don't mind the gin blossoms. Or you like the the Jayhawks. Are you aware of them? How about the Wilco? You like the Wilcos? I have heard of Wilco. How about Beck, Eric? Yep, that is no. I do not care for Beck. 
king of the world. I know. I just don't think you listen to enough Beck. You just think, I think of I loser. I listen to just the right amount to know that uh, I like it. That's uh, just like me and your juggalo nonsense. Remember that day I was listening to the Insane Clown Posse? And then I came over to talk to you about it, and then you got mad at me, Eric, because I was getting things wrong. That's because you always find things that I'm interested in and purposely mess it up just because you have no interest yourself. I was not doing that. (laughs) That I was. But that is the intro here. Thanks, everybody, for sticking through that. But we're going to go off to get the books, and really, there's no way I could put the Heyman song in. There's no magistrate in this, right? Nothing at all. I mean, I could not possibly... Have any sort of angle bad form. that I've really thought of, or maybe change the song. I, I don't think that could happen, Eric. I just, I really don't think. I know you want that to happen. I don't think it can. So we're going to go off right now to the books. Here we are, and these are Jim and Eric's reviews, the meat and cheese of the podcast. And we have what I said before, the start of a weekly book, some Batman action. I don't like when Batman and Detective Comics come out at the same time, but we're going to have that with a weekly no book. No matter what, so, for a while. Yeah, it's going to be. And uh, with that, also a Superman book. And I told you at one point I was going to put in Justice, or Justice League Incarnate. In the first section, but I feel like I'm kind of not thinking of that John book as being a Superman book, more of a Son of Kello book, and it stops now, Eric. I'm well, positive, Jimmy. I'm going to go with it. On the trial. Now, with that, a lot of people would think, why does that? But these things where we put the books in certain <laughs> sections, they, they mean so much more to us than I think anybody else. They really have to matter at some point. But we end up starting off with Detective Comics, and we're going to do that. For a couple months now, because we have this weekly story now. Is it ten the, issues? I think it. Yeah, I'm not even going to say. I think it is. Pretty I sure. don't know. Yeah, but it's going to be so. If it is ten weeks, and yeah. we've got ten weeks ahead of us. And the weird thing about it is, is that usually when you end up having something that is weekly, I think the writer knows it's weekly. You can use that format in a way to present the story especially something that seems to be a bit suspenseful maybe even have a tinge of horror maybe to it Ooh. and end up building it to the crescendo and Mariko Tamaki does something so weird in this first issue by just saying like okay almost it's weird too because it almost feels like a microcosm of like a future state hey we're going to show you what happens and then we'll see how we get there except that what we're seeing in detective 
he ain't going to be able to divert that. It, it ends up being the thing, and it, it just threw me off a bit. That's a wonderful blurb. Yeah, no, that's not my blurb. I'm just saying in general of the way that that is. I kind of do repeat myself a little bit in it, so if you want to just get to it. I, I actually was hoping that we'd get rid of these blurbs by now, and like that, we could just get right into right, let's it. let's do it. Well, we may, starting up, coming up. Sit for years. Screw it. Let's do it now. All I right. had a blurb. I had a blurb that had some jokes in it, Eric. You oh. might miss that, but this is... Detective Comics number 1047, The Tower Part 1, written by Mariko Tamaki, pencils by Ivan Rice, Danny Mickey on art, inks, I don't know why I'm doing it this way because I'm reading it right out of the book now, Brad Anderson on colors and Aaron Mayer on letters, and and, there, and a Wayne Manor backup. Eric, with, with all Wayne this Manor. going on. <laughs> Uh, so with this, I did make the joke, though, in my blurb. I'll just I'll read this blurb. Then we're done with the blurbs. OK, okay. OK. Mariko Tamaki officially kicks off her Shadows of the Bat story with an issue that wants to create some buzz and excitement, but left me more confused and worried. It's a weekly book and she does not choose to build tension and suspense. But we'll have to wait and see if that pays off in the end. And a House of Gotham backup, Eric, is what it is. There were no jokes. I think my jokes were later. House of Gotham or Wayne Manor? Well, I, I thought it was Wayne Manor. I thought it was called, it was called a House of Gotham. But <laughs> with that, he's not you up. end I don't up like going it. on here with, again, I said, you end up having the setup where, I don't know, Mariko Tamaki, first off, always thinks that things are set up already. She kind of moves forward. You kind of, you know, kind of get rid of some details and things like that. So when you jump into here... You want to see what this is all about. The problem is we know what it's all about. It's all about this Arkham Tower that's going to end up going to shit. Well, and then she shows us it does. It's, I, it's just, the funniest thing, too, because we've had all this buildup, like Arkham Tower. It's going to be the newest, greatest thing in Gotham. You know how we had all our crazies locked up outside of town and they still ran amok? Well, now we're going to put that facility right there, dead center in downtown. And there can never be any problems. When you open the issue up, if you know anything about tarot, you have the tarot card, the tower right there, and they tell you destruction, loss, and like, you know, the idea of this. And that's exactly what happens. And I thought because we were building this up the whole thing, we have 10 weeks at least ahead of us of this weekly Detective Comics book dealing with specifically this and other members of the Bat family outside of Batman. When you have this, I'm like, all right, let's see how this fucker falls. And in this issue, we see how the fucker falls and we move past it. I'm like, we just skipped everything that you were building up to. Like the whole idea of telling a story, you just said, well, here's the aftermath. I'm like, I am not one of those people who like to get a book and then read the last page oh, first to see if it, oh. how it ends. Well, I do. But I not you. <laughs> not in a serial type of thing like this. When you end up, you, you have these weeks. Now, with that, you have some characters we don't know. Dr. Ware. Nero 19. Right? Nero 19. Even. Like, is that, that's the setup here. I love the idea where, because they set up this press conference. And also, just as an aside, Nakano, again, just a complete idiot. He is letting everything go because they end up having a, co- a conference where you get Dr. Ware coming out to say, Hey, this is this new thing. When you're going helping people and not hurting people, well, good for you, Doctor. When you're going through this, the idea that you see an Arkham Tower that was built on the remnants of a non-explained Hugo Strange being allowed to come in and run things in the city, but then that was during a police state. So I can say. Things get a little wonky. But no, no, in this, is, that was not during a police state. That was the thing that was going on before the police state. And then the police it state was took still over. the setup it when was it was going on. Deal outside of the magistrate. But with this, you end up going into this where, okay, Arkham Tower, I, it's going to fall. But why isn't the story 
kind of giving you the ruse that it is working where I'm sure somebody, whatever is bad in the background, they do their thing. Instead, you're just showing us, you're almost telling me that I should just wait for 10 weeks and come back for the finale and see how it is ending up. Because when you have Dr. Ware and, and Mariko Tamaki seems to play this idea of we don't know anything about the character. But by the end, it looks like he's thrown to his death. Why do I? It should be Doctor. I don't care, well, don't Eric, because Jimmy, I because don't. In our build up of this whole thing, we knew that the doctor's coming in. Besides, for Doctor Chase Meridian, we're going to be Doctor Ware and Doctor Ocean. And Doctor Ocean is curiously absent this entire first issue, dealing with this whole thing. But it's such a weird idea. It's like, okay, we have all this build up. We're building the Arkham Tower. It's a good plan. It's a bad plan. People are divided in the city. Mostly, I think everybody says it sucks, but we still go ahead with it. And the idea, day seven, we have opened this thing up. And guess what? Two weeks ago, when that Nero 19 tried to get the man, guess what, everybody? He's cured. Now, take that cuffs up off on stage here. He is cured. I'm like, I don't think that's the best plan. How no, do you have enough it, time to say that you, this man is cured of all his, you know, I love the idea problems. where you're using Nero 19 Nero that Nero we 19. don't know what his problems are. We, he tried to kill Nakano. You're not going to wow the crowd don't there. Worry. I'm saying We're in comic. Get- we're going to get further explanation in the mentality of our villains because we also have, you know, the other well-known character, Anna Volshin. Yeah, that what's worse, though, and this is where the whole thing falls apart immediately for me. That's why I brought up the Hugo Strange bit. You end up, hey, we're taking questions. Deb Donovan, hey, I don't know what you're doing with these chemicals and the miracle cures. What are they all about? Well, we'll let you know later. As the story progresses, we find out that there is no record of Dr. Ware anywhere. She is not. So why? Batman should be like, what's going on? This whole thing, though, everybody involved. They are now doing something after a magistrate takeover that went bad. Now they are putting Arkham Tower, which people think it's a bad idea, and putting in charge a guy that they don't even know he even went to school for anything. They can't find any background on him. It's ridiculous. It's already starting out ridiculous. There's no way that at this point in time, after all that went on in Gotham, are you going to end up having an Arkham Tower where the director does not have any record of him on anywhere? I don't know what the oversight is at all because either Batman or Bruce Wayne with no money was able to get Dr. Chase Meridian in on this whole thing from the ground floor up, and I have no idea how that was possible. Well, Chase is fine because I get the idea then in the wacky forced way that you need somebody to stop the madness eventually because you are hiring a guy. Don't tell me that as we go forward that this, you know, Dr. Ware isn't going to be on the up and up. We know nothing about him. Nobody can find any stats on him. I don't know about him than Dr. Ocean at this point. Well, Dr. Ocean as well. But nobody knows about him. You you end up having Deb Donovan, which is in this book, you know, because Mariko Tamaki really wants to push her, the be-all, end-all of investigative journalism. She gets to the bottom of everything. I can't find anything on this guy. I don't know. How does it get to this point? When there is a guy that is now having an Arkham Tower in the middle of Gotham City and nobody knows anything about him or the drugs that they are using to cure these patients. Where it's weird because she says, I don't need a miracle cure right after Dr. Ware says, this isn't a miracle cure. So ridiculous to set up. Well, but even this one, up- we have Deb Donovan talking about things with Batwoman because she seems to be the go-to journalist for the Bat family now because this is what we're doing. But even where Kate Kane shows up in just sunglasses and a wig to saying, like, that's her disguise. I'm like, come on. Like, it almost feels like Deb Donovan knows, like, she's the ins- has the inside track to the Bat family now. And it feels weird. Just because Jason was, like, you know, tagging along with her before for the Task Force Z stuff. This feels weird. 
Look at how much bacon Deb Donovan's eating. That is a woman of my own heart. She's there. And bacon, eggs, and a a beer. beer. It's it's Bullock, like we said from the beginning. It's a female Bullock. But you end up where she's there. And all my research, I haven't found anything on this guy. Nothing at all. And again, the Bat family, including Kate right here, where last issue was, and Avulsion got out of jail. (laughs) When was somebody going to tell me? They're always one step behind. They never have the information. They never have what's going on. But in this issue... You just rock it towards what should be around the end or whatnot, because then you go off to see Arkham Tower in the Arts and Crafts basement. You have in there a woman who has murdered people multiple times, and you give her scissors. And then goes out and murders more people and is put first into the Arkham Tower now. Yeah, so she likes scrapbooking, so give her scissors. Later on, you see. Hero 19 was doing great with these freaking miracle medications that they're giving him, so Anna's taken to it, isn't she? That's the problem, though. (laughs) No, no, she's she's using the tarot card of the tower face-up. You know what's bad? Face-up, face-down the tower, you never want to draw. I don't care if you give her anything, including a lobotomy. Don't give her those scissors that you let her do something else. This woman is a murderer. I do wish that they were like safety scissors drawn in I, here. Yeah, and the funny thing is they could have been, but you see how sharp oh, they are. I'm like, I can see like 7 She's million things. eyes out. There are at least 15 million shivs right there where she, she can even give me a paper cut. I don't like paper cuts, but I'm telling you, you're giving her weapons galore here. Doing her scrapbooking with the tower tarot card. Again, get her out of there. Get her back to her cell. Ah, she's smiling. We don't have cells here. We have rooms, Jim. This is yeah, for helping. Exactly. Not but again, it's Arkham and it's nothing is it doesn't feel right right away in the way that Mariko Tamaki's writing this. It's too quick. Like you said, we don't know how or what or what this drug is. That's the big mystery. You don't understand how Nero 19 could possibly be cured before that. Plus, Nero 19 is not quite on the level, I believe, of Anavulsion in the crazy, fe- you know, You see you know, that because I, I don't know, because we were just told about Anavulsion last issue. Like, she's killed some people. I don't know what Nero 19's background is besides exactly. her attacking the mayor. But you don't. He attacked the mayor. But she ended up killing party crashers, people. The, the party crashers that are talked about by a Batwoman here are like, Pharmaceutical drug dealers are up on the streets. We don't know where it's coming from, but the party crashers are dealing it. The crashers? You think the crashers have a connection to Arkham? I thought they were still small time. They're getting bigger every day. I'm like, yeah, because you said them like twice now. Exactly. Now with that, right away, right here, if we want to do this, a weekly checklist to see, and let's check off the things because Mariko Tamaki usually is right on front street of forcing in what is going to happen without setup. We end up having Dr. Ware, who has, there's no record of him. Okay, he's bad. You end up having the party crashers. They have pharmaceuticals. You mentioned pharmaceuticals earlier. All right, they'll be involved, and they'll do something crazy. And then Anna Volshin has scissors by the end of this issue. And we see that she's going to stab how we're people. playing the storyline, because you start out seven days into the Arkham Tower program, where Dr. Ware is saying, everything's freaking RC, colon, pinata. It's the party over here. We're doing great. And then, like, we have Deb Donovan and Kate Kane talking. I don't know if that's the same day or after the fact. You have Anna Volshin doing arts and crafts. And then I have no idea what day that is. And then we jump to Arkham Tower, day 24, where Anna Volshin has everything held hostage. The freaking inmates are running the asylum and motherfuckers are getting killed. Seriously, this whole setup. And everything else, don't worry, this is like going to be Dick Grayson's in there for some reason. Nobody get a hold of his ass. Everything's just gone tits up. 
Nobody thought this was going to work out, but I bet you if you had an over-under of when the shit hits the fan, it would have been later than day 24. <laughs> no, you no, would have no, hoped no. that a month not it would have lasted. Not even the idea of day 24 in comic time. I think it, like I had the over-under should have been better than the first issue of this yeah. comic deal with oh, yeah, Arkham yeah. Tower. Exactly. And so that's the thing, though. What is the story really going to be about? Because I thought it was going to be about the idea, yeah, shit's going to hit the fan. It's going to go down. But we'd see it slowly working in a different way from the inside, maybe, and see how maybe you can't well, you cure these this things thing up and whatnot. You maybe but... want to know what was going on, how this is going to be different. You made this seem like I was should have like you know invested my time and the caring involved to know what is going on with this, why it should be different. The characters you're introduced and stuff like that, just for the first issue, I'd say, all right, we're going to skip ahead now. This is how it ends. I'm like, and the idea that we are skipping around in the story like this, I'm really afraid that. This 10-issue thing, if it is X, I'm going to keep going with it whether I know it or not. Yeah, multiple By the issues, end, we'll it's just going to be this thing. It's a puzzle piece. You have to go and look and, like, like this is how the timeline works and make sure you read this part, then this part, and different issues. I'm like, I don't need a puzzle for a comic. Just tell me a story about this. And, and that's tell. the thing. That's the thing. We're, we're, we get upset at times when you try to unravel the timey-wimey stuff of one issue that jumps back and forth. And usually what you're doing is... You're trying to make things look bigger or more expansive by doing that when you really don't have that much of a story. The time jump is a way to make it all, you know, get a little, oh man, there it is. Uh, Is that what this whole series is then? Are we just going to be jumping around through time to see how it leads to an ending that notes? So when I read the next issue, I know what day was on. And maybe, I don't think this is the end of the story, but this is the what's happening at the end and how they react and how and they'll stop it, right? because it's a tower, our Bat family can't just get to the top because it's too tall for them to I mean, scale this and is, grapple to. This is the t- towering inferno slash diehard after four pages. So you end up like at the end, though, when you get to this and you see Dr. Ware, he gets thrown out the window. Oh, my God, Finger he's going to get off, killed, right? Finger cut off, thrown out. Do you sit there and think to yourself, oh, my God, doc, poor Dr. Ware, I got to see poor I got to see Ware. why he gets killed. I don't. I sit there and go, whatever. I don't. And Hardly that's the weird ye. play. It's the weird play here. I'm guessing that, and, you know, I should be able to guess this at least, that we will see what leads up to this eventually. We have a bunch of issues to do that. But why blow your load here and make me want to this doesn't make me want to see what happened because what happens here is what we all know was going to happen if you started the movie like like the titanic you have to really give a story going up to the sinking because we know it's going to sink and again you, you they better do they start out after it's already sunk in that freaking present day and they go back well, so I'm they saying, but you end up have the deal there where that's a real life thing but it, it wasn't like you ended up where oh i think that titanic's gonna sink and then it, you know we that's more of a real life thing but in this we thought that the Arkham Tower was a bad idea. Everybody did. Not one person. Oh, we shouldn't call it Arkham. They do it. And yeah, I, I don't know what Nakano thinks. I don't know what Nakano thinks. He's there with his wife. She's having problems. They're, they're all damage. having problems here. And yeah, there's a burning tower. And then you just are really off balance the rest of the issue because you don't know what's going on. Hey, can I get a hold of Nightwing? Where's this? Where's that? Do you have eyes on step? As we just see an avulsion. Again, not even pretending that she's not anything but the worst of the worst with those scissors walking down a blood-filled freaking hallway, stabbing everybody, and then throwing out Dr. Ware. We hardly knew ye. 
Where where do you get any involvement in this first issue to go? And well, I guess some people would the be best excited. Family aspect. We have Oracle at the command center making sure that she can direct everybody. Nightwing is incognito inside the tower on the ninth floor. He doesn't know where Steph is, who's also inside, or Huntress, who's supposedly inside. You have Batwoman and Cassie Kane Batgirl outside trying to wait to figure out what they're going to do. So it's a weird situation where everything has gone down or Bat Family are separated. We don't know what's been going on. They don't know what's going on. And at the end of this issue, you just have inside of an elevator shaft on top of an elevator, somebody who's bleeding out with white hair. I'm like, what the hell is this now? Yeah, yeah. And and with all that, you end up having Oracle back at home base using that. Te- and again, oh, yeah, the, said at this point, yeah. the tech is completely back now. You know, the whole thing with the seer and stuff, that'll just be Batgirl stuff, and it just worked out. Hey, 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 don't forget I am Batman. Yeah, and I am Batman, but I don't even know that because he's leaving New York City in one issue, so I think that that will be wiped away a bit with the seer stuff. Take off the seer, you know, like, oh, you're doing stuff here, I'm going to New York, you're too heavy for me. At the end of the next issue, the cliffhanger is, see you in New York City, he's gone. So that starts up, coming up. Uh, But with that, though... Like, where do you put your feet here to say, oh, my God, like, this is what I want to see, how it got to there. Because anything that happened here, we don't know really anything about Anavulsion besides, you know, the surface level murderer deal. We don't know anything about Dr. Ware. In fact, the idea that you have Deb Donovan say nobody does. So there's well, that. Even the stuff and you that we're have dealing a tower. with for the inmates. That's just, yeah, you know, I don't even know who's inmates. there. Yeah, I, it's I just, just characters that have been introduced over the last couple of issues of Mariko Tamaki's run. I'm like, come on, give us some heavy hitters of Arkham. Yeah, that's what I said right away when I read this. I'm like, you could have been a wow factor of seeing and them really. Everybody's you, dead escape or have, doing a second chance thing. You want to have things. You have Nero 19, right? Hey, everybody, look at this. No, no, I'm no. Cool now. Bring out Scarecrow. Bring out Mr. Freeze. Bring out somebody that actually you'd be like, holy shit, this is some miracle work here. Not Nero 19 that ended up in the middle of fear state going into Nakano's office and trying to spray bullets at him. You could even say that he was infected by stuff going on and stuff. So with that, and and you still want to call him Nero like X1. It's all nonsense. When I saw him, I'm like, oh, here we go again. But yeah, I'm spelling just, out Roman numerals for this. Don't do that. You don't say it like that. With that, do you think that what's happening right here on day 24 now is that double A day? What what are they going to call this now? Because even that even harkens back to the towering day inferno. And now this. I mean, it ends up where everything seems just forced, pushed ahead without any. It, it's what it's what Mariko Tamaki always does. People seem to like it. Some people don't, but. I sit here and read it, and I can't get invested in the story well, I, yet. I, think I was looking forward to this because it's something new from Detective Comics, and I wanted to see the rest of the Bat Family deal without a Batman being the front and center of everything like this. And I was even hoping that Nightwing wouldn't be involved and be doing Bloodhaven stuff. Just who's ever left in Gotham, I wanted to see that. We do know that that is going on, but even that Nightwing's back, but hey, here's that tower. It's done. We're seven days in, Nero 19. He's cool. And then everything goes to hell 24 days later. And I'm like, what just happened for this first issue? I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to deal with here because you have these characters. You even talked about Dr. Weir and Dr. Ocean being the heads of this. Didn't even get introduced to Dr. Ocean. Yeah. I I love too. at one point. I I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And you end up with this where Dr. Weir he gets thrown off and, and they're there and he's dead. And it's they're all like, hey, where is he? Where are you going? I'm like, it's too soon. That was my joke. There. Like the page after somebody goes, where are you going? Oh, too soon. But with this old going <laughs> on, <laughs> it was funny in my mind. With this, like, you have weeks to go here. 
And you end up where I think that Mariko Tamaki thinks this is almost like an issue of like a cold open. But where I said I completely epic fail saying Titanic, obviously, we know what happens there. This would be like New Hope, Star Wars, where the first scene is the Death Star blowing up. And then let's get to it. No, that that's the big thing. That's what you want to see them build toward. You want to see what again, happens and what leads that like to that it. That is a different thing because the way I see they talk about this whole thing, we're seven days into something that we wasn't even like, you know, started the last time we looked at this book. And then we jump to the end of the whole thing. But next time the story is still going to continue. So what do we do then? Is it just like, here's just gonna day lead 16, up to it. here's yeah. day 21, the same issue. And I like, just keep jumping back and forth to a point where, like I said, it's going to be a puzzle. It's going to be just annoying to kind of read because I already see how this works. I, I don't even think it'll be a puzzle. I think that what she will do is we already had that day, like day seven, like you said, so and like whatnot. day eight and day yeah. 24. And like I five. think that we'll just end up at whatever point that she wants to start showing things go bad. I think each issue will be, and you can guess what it is. You know, pretty much in my mind, you, however many issues it is, Minus that, minus this, and we'll start at that. Day 12, day 11, day 10, and then just move along. And then next issue, day 13. And we're just going to see how things went wrong for the Tower and Dr. Ware. But yet, it's almost like you think I care about him. I, I don't. So something. Or Nero there, 19. There's a, I think Nero 19 is pushed aside now. We'll never see him again. But, you know, with that, too. I really think of all this, we have to, you know, wait and see. Obviously, this could work out. We have a lot of issues left, but it's just a weird start. And the idea of how I felt after this issue was just, well, I guess I could just come back in two months and see how, you know, we go from here. Because in that, I'm more concerned, who is this white-haired girl? Probably Steph in disguise as a patient uh, is what I think it might be. And how is Nightwing going to get out of there? Who's just John McClane now? And I expect he's going to be and running Huntress. around barefoot and, yeah, and Huntress. And I'm just saying in general what I'm sitting there looking at here. That's all, you know, I'll read that issue later. I don't really need to see that Dick Grayson's there pretending he's a janitor. And then that leads to that and whatever because we just see this ending. This is what we thought would happen. So I think it was a misplay to play this first issue like this. Almost like we have to really come in hard. Like I said, this is almost like a cold open to a movie, but this is a cold. It's a long series here, and it's also showing you the end. But we end up having that backup, too, here where you have a go. And this is going to go through the whole thing as well with the boy, this boy here. And when you get through this, I don't know. You start thinking, how is this going to connect to the main? Is it going to connect to the main story? Is it going to connect to this tower? Is this going to be something that, you know, at the end I I don't know. It might be, but yeah, even he's a so, boy with a little red hair, and the whole idea is he was like you know sitting at home playing with dinosaurs when his father came home, wanting to get the hell out of town because whatever him and his no good friends were up to, it is caught in the eye of the Joker who visits them at their home, and the little boy is put into a closet to remain hidden while the Joker murders his parents in front of him. And when the boy does finally come out, the Batman's there to confront him. He's going to shoot the Batman in the face, but Batman you know disarms him obviously, and then leaves to go after the Joker. And the little boy then is taken by the police. And nobody knows what to do with them because his parents were just murdered right there. So you know what we do with little boys who have no parents and foster fit carers and coming for his ass tonight? We take him to Arkham Asylum like responsible adults. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, this little boy is just born in blood Dexter style, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, and it's a weird play here. Again, say it is Nero 19. That is a good call, actually, to show you what led him to. But by the time we get to that reveal at the end, 
will we care? Do we really care about Nero 19 and his, you know, having problems in Arkham to twist it around to have him now in the tower? Arkham and, is and the problem, that. and he's now, secure. There is the best thing, though, is when you end up having, and it's the, you know, when the Joker comes and he's trying to get in. He he ends up. I was waiting for here's Johnny, but we do get one of your favorites, Eric. Little, big, little, big, <laughs> I had to grab that because he ends up. He likes using that, and uh, yeah, it's that is it's, green jelly. Yeah, it's okay here, but there's nothing that I thought okay because you have these stories. You just a lot. have these randos just so I can scare the Joker. Shows up, does Joker stuff, and Batman's a. I'm gonna get him, little boy. Don't you worry. Don't point guns at people. I'm out, and then this is a little boy. It's the cloud was here, the thing with the wings. They're like, we know what that thing was. It's the Batman. Let's take the little boy to Arkham. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Where did Batman go? Batman's just I already have a ward right now. Fuck off. Sucker. I like Gordon's like, stay at my house? I already have a crazy red exactly. head here. And he meant Barbara. I actually thought Ooh. at one point that this was going to be some strange-ass red James Gordon James Jr. Gordon Jr. was going to so be this, I. and there was going to be his son, James. I'm like, well, I thought that's where I thought it was going to be, because it seemed crazy and out of nowhere when Gordon says, what am I supposed to do? Take him to my house? But even just like Batman, just like yourself, he's got the the gun to the Batman's head right there. It's like this. Are you willing to dye your hair black? The boy says no. <laughs> Batman disappears into the That's night. What I thought too. He's like, I've had problems with those kids with their dying hair and whatever. He's like, hey, well, you like the crowbars, does you? No, all right, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I like that this kid when he's there, seemingly not ever hearing about Batman. In, in Gotham, and What's then when early he, days, he's still an urban legend. He what? He's right there. You would have heard things. He saw the Joker kill his parents, and then somehow he's like, "There's this wing thing." Then they end up later. I love that the whisper down the lane. Hey, who killed his parents? I don't know. Sounds like Batman. The Joker's completely left out by the end. But he is taking the gun, Arkham. It's just bad. Also, Batman does not care at all about a crime scene in this book. He just comes busting in. Uh, and it, it looked okay. It's Jorge Fornes, so yeah, I do nice. like his art. It's, it's Matthew Rosenberg again. But these characters are just no. the idea of taking a child to Arkham overnight, or for how long he might stay there because the foster <laughs> system sucks. I'm like, that's just that's just bad news bears. What are you doing, guys? Like Jim Gordon, you're supposed to care about people. What yeah. the fuck are you doing? I, hey, he can just go so far. Eric. He's got his own problems, but. When you have this, so you have an Arkham like Tower he's story. Batman. He has all the money as Bruce Wayne. Now, I'm not saying that he needs another foster kid, another ward, because we're going to be changing the timeline going on there, but please do something to help this child. Don't let him go where you send all your crazies. Yeah, yeah. I guess he was mad the kid pulled a gun on him. He's like, well, I was going to help you, and I, I don't like the moxie that you Bad got there, karma. buddy. I don't like the cut of your jib. When you end up, you have a Arkham Tower story that, again, you have a lot of people that we don't know doing things that, you know, do, should we care? Then we get that backup, which whatever, the backup is it's less fine, important. whatever But it is. the backup is, again, I like a bunch the of things we don't better know. better than the main story, though. Yeah, I think it's because at least you have Batman, Joker. You have something to, you know, kind of put your that feet into and stuff like that and go and you get around. that. But, again, we're going to see through 10, 12 issues, whatever it is, the progression of, the boy, because this boy. goes through the whole deal. And they keep saying in the solicits, a the boy, boy. And his bat. So obviously, there is the big mystery of who the He's boy Red is. X. If he ends up being Nero 19 at the end, I'm like, really? What, what do we got? Another Leviathan situation on our time? Maybe it is. That'd be hilarious. Or like, there you go from this book. But yeah, I like when Batman disarms this kid. And probably thinks he's real cool doing it. He's like, look at that. I swiped it right out of his hands. Oh, my God. That's pretty cool. I'm still the Batmans. Uh, but, yeah, what would you give this at the end? 
thing is, I like the art in both the I like main the art story and the backup. It's just and the the prospect of what the main story can be with the tower. It's just the way it's told is very infuriating to me and doesn't really do much besides for. Here's the beginning that just seems like it was started way too quick, and then we're going to jump through a lot of stuff, fast forward into the end, and I'm like, that's just not a way to tell a story, especially if you're going to do it each issue. I just find that very infuriating, but still, I will give the benefit of the doubt of being the first part of this weekly Shadows of the Bath thing and give it a 6 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 6 as well, but I really want to center on this idea that they end up doing this Arkham Tower. They end up deciding we're going to put this insane. And this is not just the idea of if anybody's out there and they have in their town, oh, we have an insane asylum in our town. You you don't have the crazies that are in the comic books here. And in Gotham, the worst. And you end up going and putting it right in the middle of the city. People are Batman's worried about everything. And then you hire somebody that in this comic, it pretty much spells out that nobody can even find out who this person is there's no record of them ever being anything deb donovan's looked into it and with that that sets well, just like up, our healthcare system in our area we're gonna have to have Geraldo rivera come up here and do a freaking special on it like penhurst if i was going to make a oh, this place no good. Thanks, in the middle of town and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna hire this guy He's the best. He's going to use drugs that we're not going to tell you what they are. And also, you'll never be able to figure out who he is. He's got to be the bad guy. I mean, there's no way that he's doing this. And is you, know what, either... you know what the thing is? It, it can't be this easy. But going with Mariko Tamaki's fucking nonsense that we've seen it since she started this one, his first name has to start with a B. He's going to be <laughs> Dr. Beware. <laughs> See, you you should have beware of this. This is the deal. And so it's when, just like playing with the oh, towers all right there. Like, the by the way, I'd like to get to know Here's you. What's your vile anavulsion and beware? Beware. Yeah. And and with that, I'm then, Bartholomew. Where you have a doctor who's in charge of all this that we don't know anything about and can't find out because nobody can. He's kind of off. He, he's he's gone dark. You know, he's he's not on the web. Then you end up having the mention of hey. These drugs you're using that are miracle cures for these insane people in the middle of town. What are they based on? Oh, what are they? Mr. Uh, Sudical, Jimmy Sudical. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm listening to uh, Mr. Dealer, Doug Dealer. It kind of works. You end up where he's not going to tell anybody. But then the next thing you mention is that the party crashers are starting to up the ante with their day. It's all just, it's such a service level the connection. the same point right now, we know that the Lazarus residents make it as round two. Yeah, that, and, and then everything here, and then you end up seeing this woman who the only setup was multiple times murder that got off because she had a rich lawyer. She's back in a rich the lawyer? tower. Yeah, remember the rich guy hired that okay. lawyer to just get her out. Okay. Well, every lawyer's pretty rich, so you end up, and I'm Tell sure. Like Matt Murdock. Here's the deal. High price lawyer okay. is what she had. So he's rich. But you end up where they end up getting her out. Then she kills, goes back in just to then show that she's got scissors. That everything's just right on front. Well, she's cured, and, Jim. Yeah, she's not cured. So that would be the deal. Why wasn't she cured? Oh, but, but do you care about that? You don't even know the character. And really, there's just nothing to this. The only thing that Mariko Tamaki tries by the end to salvage things, because really, if there wasn't the point of, Oh my God, Huntress, you know, Nightwing and Steph are in there. Why would you care? I'd burn the shit down. Let it, let it fall to the ground. And really, when you say Huntress and reminding me of that, how long before she starts seeing fucking well, I'm visions? I'm sure that's why they're there to begin with, because she had visions of Anna Volshin taking over the tower. Yeah, so she'll just be there. Oh my God. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. We still have to, you know, be a little bit 
you know, patient with this. So we'll see how it goes uh, forward. Check me in. I'll be patient. Yeah, really. It's it's like this tower with me. And right now, it doesn't seem to have any patience, Eric. They're all dead or killing people. They, they've taken over the asylum. But next, we're going to go to the uh, Batman book. And this, obviously, again, is the Joshua Williamson continuing this new run. A lot of people think that this is just going to be very short. This run will be like very it. short and it'll go. It does. The setup of this feels more to me like a six-issue mini, though we do have that crossover coming in March. But it does feel more like a self-contained thing, almost like the detective, the Batman the detective right. of Tom Taylor, especially with them out of Gotham, but it is the Abyss part, too. It just almost feels like a sequel to Grant Morrison's Batman Inc., like, unofficial. Yeah, yeah, and it is Batman number 119, the Abyss part 2, written by Joshua Williamson, with Art Byer. Are you ready? Right. Jorge Molina, Adriana Di Benedetto, Mikel Janine, Tamomo Ray, Clayton Cowles. You end up having three artists on this book. And we'll well, just, you do the backup. Uh, are we skipping the blurbs now? Can yeah, I just man, go you said in? So. Okay, so we go in, and you end up having a nice little beginning. I don't know that I love the art right away. It looked like Bruce was drunk as hell, but he might have been. But the <laughs> idea of you know, I'll be the bat. A bat, sir? Yes, ever that thing you were tormented by by a child. <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> Alfred. Criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot. Mixing those fears with the darkness will help me save Gotham. You do know, sir, <laughs> that some evil hides in the light. Why, why do you make it? Well, you want to make Alfred sound like a real dick. Like, say that again when he says the thing that's tormenting you, because it feels like he's really throwing shade the way that's that you point. play it out. Yeah, the way he's the like. The thing that tormented <laughs> you as a child in these very caves. Uh, that's exactly. really good. That you actually sound a lot like the uh, the guy who I always call the Hawkman in the Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon approaching! He was a Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, you sounded just like him. And that just leads you in. That's a nice little Flash setup Gordon, New York Jets. Yeah. Oh, the worst. But I, it's the worst movie that I love. But it's a great movie. You end up where Batman is still confronting Lex, as we had from last issue's cliffhanger. And this is the thing. And I, I'm completely wrong when I was talking to you. I completely forgot how Lex got his money back. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I read the annual and yeah. I kind of so did forget Superman because I thought annual. not everybody reads annuals, not everybody reading this book. I wish that they actually did have a little bit of a callback or a see this, how Le uh, Lex, let's call him Rex, how Lex got his money back. There's also a point in the end in the back. Didn't this come out the same time as the annual? Because the annual came out a week late. Yeah, but I'm saying it doesn't matter when it came out. Nobody, not everybody's reading you know, Superman annuals saying, that yeah. would be going in here. I wish that you would point it out. More people, I see the, the stats. There's about double the people reading this than what is the Superman, especially an annual. I, I just wish that they would point it out because Good I annual. did see some other people it was. And it, it did set up, and I like this now because now in my mind I can click them together where sometimes I kind of, you know, with what's going on with some of the continuity and timeline stuff that I don't. But you end up having this where... Lex has started funding Batman Inc. He throws some shade at Batman. I thought you would know that by now, things like that. Well, you but... know Bruce Wayne can't afford the Batman project anymore. <laughs> I guess I'll be the one to fund it. See, Alfred, now. Everybody's you end up, and it's great because you do have that intro going into this. You end up having Detective Keha, who I do like already from this issue especially, where she's just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Like, stop talking. You guys know each other? Oh, yes, we do. And well, you get the deal. Because there. on top of Lex Luthor funding Batman Incorporated, 
He's also giving all this money to the Badnesia Police Department that's investigating the death of Abyss here. So everybody's just on the Lex Luthor trail except for Detective Kahosh. He's like, look, just because, you know, he's giving us money, we don't have to do anything. He says, oh, what, you get to see Batman, you don't want to be on Lex Luthor's team no more, burr, burr, burr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lex, Lex is spending money. You know, like he's Nick Cage in, in this issue. I mean, though, holy because I'm moly. telling you, in that Superman annual, he had like five people, including Blockbuster, that he asked for $1.8 billion from and got it all. I don't know how that lasts, you know, some of the things that he's involved with and all those things, but yeah, he's throwing it around. And he's, he's really making it. Yeah. He has the money that Disney bought Star Wars and Indiana Jones for. He's looking Plus in, more, I believe. at this beginning. He's looking into the eyes of a guy who also had that at one point and didn't. Had so you. you end up. Yeah, exactly. He better watch himself. But he ends up with all this where, hey, we're there. We're going to check this out. And you end up having Lex kind of going with this idea. And you don't end up at the end knowing if Lex is good, bad. I like that. You usually shouldn't know that. Well, it's just like in Superman, Son of Kal-El, like the idea where we I want Lex Luthor to be a mentor to John Kent, but by the end, they left it ambiguous because it's still a mystery going forward when he goes to call uh, President Henry Bendix. Is he on Bendix's side? Is he going to be playing against Bendix? We don't know, just like him taking over Batman Incorporated here. Yeah, except in this one, he actually admits that the world needs a Superman. I thought that was like, oh my, he's going to go yeah, in and, and check it out. Well, with this, yeah, probably. <laughs> he thinks everybody's him. He's using he ends his up money where, to put together a force to do what he wants for good in his he mind. He is. The weird thing about this, though, is without any Batman ink at all yet, really, just being talked about, we get a little screen and stuff like that, especially this issue, I'm starting to wonder if the Batman Incorporated stuff is just Lex trying to do stuff to mess around or if he really does believe that you need a Batman Incorporated. I'm not so sure that Batman Incorporated, like some people were either worried about or saying is officially back. I don't know because it's weird without them here at all in two issues, especially this one. Lex is talking about, they kind of push that away because the big thing is Abyss and who this Abyss might be and how that anything would affect about what's things. going on with Batman Incorporated or Abyss in these first two issues. Well, yeah, and at least, but at least you get the idea that somebody, and it's weird, I, the, the way that this progresses is a little confusing in my mind, a little more confusing because it's a real slow-paced deal. I do like, though, that the police come in, but even when the police come in and just start firing at everybody, somebody's just going to end up dead. Who are they, you? It's a Batman! Get him! I mean, right there, he's standing right next to Lex, who they later say is so great because of this money, but they just open fire, and you end up having Batman smoke grenade, ends up tying up guys. He, it he becomes the arc of the asylum, thing. and it's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, and <laughs> he preserved the whole crime scene and stuff, and then he goes off. But there was the Little hint, and Lex gives the hint. And again, that's what I like about the interaction between them. Lex knows. Oh, Lex and Bruce are great. And he knows Bruce is Batman. Just we were wondering if that was going to. We haven't dealt with it since Forever Evil. So this is a good thing that we know that. It, it was a lot when Lex was even on the Justice League when he went to go see Batman at points because Superman lost his powers. I think it was one of the last times. That I remember when Lex went and knocked on the Wayne Manor. I'm, I'm here to see Batman. And I was like, what? what? What are you talking about? But they were talking about. Just like Andrew Bennett and DC versus vampires. Yeah, exactly. So you end up where he My gave a word, hint. sir. Aren't you a vampire? Can I am not welcoming you in talking about a Batman here. I don't. You're the only Batman I see. Who ordered the steak? You end up where they go. And Lex gave a little hint of where to go. And I like that. It was like the Lex... Knowing how smart Batman and Bruce is gives a little hint. 
and then they go and so have some dinner. We're playing regular clues to go where we can have dinner together. But they go to have this, and, you know, Bruce, you know that Bruce is not so happy to be thrown shade at about not having money. I'm sure that that kind of bothers him still. And the idea that Lex then with his money can swoop well, in, in and even do things. But Lex ends up saying that, huh. Maybe you could get yourself a better tailor. My God, you look terrible, look, my you man. You look great. What are you talking because about? Because Lex you? says... He's wearing a polo shirt. Doesn't even have an overcoat. What is wrong with you? Look at when he says that, and he ends up seeing, and you see Bruce standing there. And I swear, if you can just pretend... Oh, I did. Where that his belly's hanging out? Not oh, a yeah. Belt? It's a belly. Not, not a belt. That's <laughs> <all> <laughs> not very well. Like, I usually accept that, like, you know... Oh, my God. I have to focus, like, you know, like, uh, on purpose to see it. So if I just let my vision go, I'm like, oh, yeah, his, his shirt doesn't fit. It made me <laughs> laugh so hard that Bruce has had such hard times that within two months, <laughs> he doesn't have shirts that fit him anymore. It's a belly shirt. I just still imagine, though, that he comes to a nice restaurant, and, you know, Bruce shows up in khakis and a polo shirt, doesn't have a tired ever could like look i know you've lost your money man but did you have to lose your style yes seriously and and with that though, like it school looks like, in july bruce no like class lex, lex is wearing that same suit probably a smoke grenade dust and shit on it so but they're gonna have this and it's a lex thing they're gonna have this one bit of wine that the whole idea is the story the legend behind dollar bottle of wine the last of its kind and it is an ideal that when you do look at that label, you end up having almost like a Grim Reaper type deal that the Abyss kind of seems to by the end. But you end up where he's just going to pour it out. He's playing games. Well, he already all poured himself as the last cup, and he's going to make sure that nobody else ha- can ever have, though, any taste of this last bottle. It's just him. He says it probably tastes like crap, but it's the legend of it, and only having that one Kind of, in my mind, I wish that it kind of played more out with the story itself in Batman Inc. And as he's pointing it out, but he's just showing he's a smart guy. He's rich, all that. I can do this. I'm pouring it out and says that he wants to fund Batman. He says, I know that you have well, the no thing money. Is, the, the thing is, it is symbolic for the idea of the wine and how much it costs because the story is what's important, not the price of it, just like Batman Incorporated. Yeah, again, I think that that's pretty surface level because you could say that's also like Batman. That's also exactly, like Superman. But he can't that's buy also a Batman. Like that. He can buy a Batman Incorporated, though, with the name of the but Batman. But at this point, he wants to pay Batman. He wants Batman as well. He says, I'll give you money. You could have all your gadgets and shit and back. Don't say it. no. But he's like, I don't really want to do that. He doesn't really answer. And Lex it's all about the name answer. and the story. But yeah, he wants to give him that money to do it. And he's able to because, you know, and then he throws shade at Nightwing. And that's where you get Bruce pissed off. He's about to punch him. Lex looks very, very upset. Uh, but well, yeah, he ends up too, saying like, that. I hear your boy gave all that money the butler gave him to charity and stuff like that. He never was too smart, was he? <laughs> he goes and grabs him. But the big thing is that Lex says, listen, if you want to team up with me, let, we'll get the body of Abyss. The dead body. We'll look at it together. And then we'll see if either Batman Incorporated is guilty or if they rightfully just killed a serial killer, whatever. It's, you know, one of the same to me. You know, you you win, win. Let's go do it. Batman doesn't trust him and goes off to see the body himself just as it's about to be taken to LexCorp. Now, again, you could think that this is a setup with this where you end up having Lex saying that so that Batman will go see it because there's some weird things going on here. But he goes Is now he playing chess while Batman's playing checkers. Did he lure him there ahead of him so he would get black goo in his face? I don't know, because the idea if they went and he's like, OK, well, let's look at the body together. The minute that you unzip that body, 
it's months old. I mean, this isn't even something that the world's greatest detective has to even figure out. He says, or this isn't the body. The thing, it felt very odd because it says this body is months old. It's something that's accelerating the body's decomposition. So the idea is, it is might be the right body. The decomposition is accelerated, though. But if Lex, but I still don't think Lex is involved with it because if he was, why would even unless he thinks Batman's going to go see it right away? Because even then, he wants what's inside of this. Yeah. Well, even then, if if Bruce is like, sure. Let's Which do this. Lex didn't think he would. So. Yeah, and it's just I don't think that Lex is fully involved in what's what bad thing with this abyss is going on. I think that it's beyond that because well, even at point, about abyss. yeah, even if abyss says I'm not dealing with anybody, I just I am here for the night, the darkness. So we'll have to see. Um, but it's yeah, you end up thing, where though, with the idea of abyss because before they said they like there might be multiple abysses, and the idea that abyss was going around like whoever abyss was or the group of abysses that we had. We're going around kidnapping people and stuff like that. Right now, we have a body in a body bag that, you know, has like a death rattle and shoots black ooze out there that gets in Batman's eyes and causes him to go freaking blind. Or it's a more thing like actually, it's kind of like the shade using his powers where all like darkness so, like envelops everything that's its own kind of mass rental where, you know, night vision goggles, infrared, none of that works. It just becomes this thing that encom- uh, engulfs you to a degree. That's what it feels like, but you have this body. That's talked about the idea that the decomposition is accelerated, so it could be the body that was still, like, you know, killed before. But is this abyss? Is it just one, or is there another abyss? Is the black ooze itself the abyss that's getting around and making new abysses? I don't know, and I don't even know how the Batman Incorporated would have gone and killed him. And we thought they killed him because even the idea where this body was killed by a nine millimeter bullet, you know what? The Batman ain't. They don't go for the nine mils. I'm like, how do you know that? And who's using guns and stuff like this? And why? Would Batman and think that they did this if that's the case? And even if it was that nine millimeter, that might have been the idea. Like he, they don't use that millimeter, hopefully because they're not supposed to use guns. But the idea that he funded them and never gave them that millimeter. But Lex, it's all different now, and it kind of throws me because again, if the ploy is Lex needs Batman to go get you know this goo on him to have this happen, then that makes sense. But the idea that the acceleration, why would you need to do that when you're setting up Batman just to go and see that anyway? And the they part is weird because the police never say like, well, we got one. We still have a bunch like they don't seem to think that there's more. I don't know what more information Batman or Lex would have going with this. It's just a weird progression of him getting hit with this ooze, which looks disgusting. He probably has hepatitis as well, Eric. I'm just guessing. Maybe chlamydia. I don't know. But that was probably from before, right? So you end up where then he can't see. At first, it seems like things just get darkened because of the lights. The lights are out. You have not even just the, the lights. You feel like even with the infrared and the night vision, that's not helping. It just seems like you know the darkness, like the shades' powers engulfed him. Well, I'm saying at, at first the lights go out, and he says, you know, hey, something's wrong with the lights, and you end up having the detective say, oh, it's an old building, and then he starts realizing, wait a minute, it's something a little more. Oh my god! And then it goes to that, and there's that progression that just then leads. Now, in the meantime, Batman has grabbed this body. And the police are desperately trying to find it because they have to give it to Lex. He gave him a bunch of money to get that. And so he needs a distraction. He's going to look at the body. And Keha is kind of like, go to the basement when he's at the top. No, go to the roof. But it's he's not going to work. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying it's just the, the thing of her trying to do Cause a distraction, Keha. But he has to get out. The big thing, the weird thing is, is that when he hits it, does he think that he might have been teleported at one point? Because he says, I know I'm still here in the 
you know, in the precinct. You right. know, I'm in the police. What did you think you were? I mean, you just lost your sight. Okay, things, wait, but... You could be in the Shadowlands. Well, I mean, still, though, it, it's kind of silly to be like, I guess I'm still here because I smell this. But with that, he can't see and he gets attacked by this abyss that we don't really know much about. And is it possibly, even though it acts in the physical manifestation as well, I said, could it be the abyss of the mind? Where he got that black I don't think on it him, is the mind. has all this stuff where Abyss like, I'm not dead. And they start fighting to the point where the Batman gets sl- like slashed across the gut. Is it a Freddy Krueger situation where because it happens in his mind, it happens in real life as well. I thought and 2021 was the, of the mind. Look, look, I'm telling you, maybe all of the 2020s in general going forward are going to be of the mind. But when Batman opens his eyes, when Keha does show up and sees him injured, his eyes are black. Is the black ooze itself abyss? And now Batman is the carrier of the abyssness going forward, where he will become abyss, and the abyss of the mind was able to hurt him because that's the thing that's actually in control. I don't think so. Yeah. I, one one reason what I do don't think? think so is because he says, and that's why I laughed at it, I can still smell uh-huh. the precinct. I think that's fully to show you that he's still well, there. He can still just, smell. That's of the mind, though. Not if you're of the mind. I mean, if you're in this thing, and you I in your imagination, you can still smell. Yeah, I think you'd be a full-out imagination. Like, I imagine if, you all the time stinking. I'm telling you, here, though, if you're Freddy Krueger and I uh-huh. go off, I'm not, you know, also smelling what's in my I'm in the dream world. Then. He's attacking me. And then he gets slashed. I think that this is the big thing. Now, if you want to go with stuff, too. But who's the body in the body he bag? He is bleeding. Yeah, I just think that was a setup. Is that Abyss? But also, is there like did Abyss put its mask and freaking hood back on, get up and kick the shit out of Batman somehow, even though all its effects no, no, not no. be there? Or is this a different abyss and there's a body still in the bag? It's a, well, there's still, I think there is still that body that was accelerating and dead in the bag. I think that was never abyss. I think that that was a dupe. But you end up, it was weird play. Why say this body has been dead for two months, but there's an accelerated deal to kind of confuse you of what that even means then? But yeah, I don't know. Batman with the things doesn't seem like he's now abyss unless it would be something that would. Well, he he just has the black eyes just like that dead body had the black eyes before it coughed up the alien ooze like an X-Files. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though, when they end up. But we that's the problem is we don't know the situation of when Batman Incorporated was supposed to have killed what they thought was abyss. And how or why with a nine millimeter? Yeah, because it wasn't and Batman like, Oh my god, there was a bang, abyss went down Guys, we must have did it, we don't have guns, we must have did it Let's go turn <laughs> ourselves know. in I don't know what happened, I mean, things are getting a little wonky We'll have to it see is. how it works but out we have but... Lex Luthor, you know, going up with Batman uh, and I love that Lex Luthor, you know, now, like, owning Batman Beyond And paying their salary and stuff like that And their missions going forward it's an amazing part, but a lot of it did kind of feel just like, you know, exposition to catch everybody up on the idea. I thought that, that was Batman cool. Batman and Bruce I mean, are the same person, and Lex knows this, and kind of just repeating what we did last issue with the reveal that Lex Luthor is, you know, running Batman Incorporated right now. The actual story about Abyss, what we're doing here, Batman Incorporated are being locked up. All of this is a big mystery. I started fucking coming up with theories about Freddy Krueger. We games. need to get things going, and, and that's the case, too, of the slow pace and even the idea that we haven't even seen. Batman Incorporated in the flesh here to kind of figure out what went, why Batman go and find them and say, what exactly happened? What did happen when this went down to see if maybe they were duped as well or this whole thing? Because it's one of those things that with Lex involved, it it feels already like a story that you want to think that Lex is bad, but he's not really doing the bad thing. I feel he's trying to do something bad, yeah. But no, I think that he just knows something about this abyss and wants to know about it. I, I think he wants to contain this alien ooze, and this is his way of going about it. Yeah, I'm saying I don't know that he... I don't know. 
I say alien is because it's kind of like a symbiote, so I keep going yeah, with that. I don't yeah, know if it's alien but or not. we'll have to see what happens with Batman with the suits. All of a sudden, next issue, he gets shot by a non-millimeter. That's the only way to put alien ooze down. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens uh, later. But yeah, I need some more. I need something more, you know, to sink my teeth into about Me as well. what Abyss is to actually care more about it. But we have a backup with maps, which sure is do. crazy. And it is They Make Great Pets, written, drawn, lettered by Carl Kershaw, who was part of the team that ended up doing the original Gotham Academy with Becky Cloonan and I believe Brendan Fletcher. So that's a cool deal with colors by John Rauch uh, going. And you have this deal where I think that if you don't know maps, some people might be a bit confused at some of these parts. I do think that there should have been a editor's note for one bit, but. You end up where she loves the D&D. leaving Gotham Academy and going home. Yeah, and she loves the D&Ds. So when you end up having that narration, that's her pretending she's a dungeon master and leading through all of this, you know, thing going down. And when she does have this go down, one of the girls from the Gotham Academy has gone missing. She thinks she should be on the case. And then in a cool deal, and this is pretty quick, but in a cool deal, she ends up Going to a fancy dinner, which you Jim, know that she you, wouldn't you like. Overlook the most important thing about this backup with maps here, and the idea that she's trying to get to the bottom of the disappearance of a friend of hers, Lindsay Akamura, while she's sitting here writing in her journal about this all D and D style. She is wearing a shirt of the greatest comic book ever made, Elf Quest. Oh, I didn't even see that. Great. <laughs> well, she has that. I actually think there's a call out that I really, really like that I thought you should have a little bit of an editor's note, but she ends up loving ElfQuest, so, you know, she's a kid. And then <gasps> she goes, and she doesn't like to, you know, Greatest brush her hair. Ever. So she's like me. Uh, but she goes and tells Bruce, there's this girl missing, you know, all this stuff, and they have that connection from Gotham Academy, which is nice. But she's always, Maps is always on the case, right? So she tells oh. Bruce, I know that this is going to be that and whatever. So that is giving Batman some info to get on the case as well. And I thought that but was But it doesn't cool. stop Maps taking the matter into her own hands, putting on her own homemade Robin costume and getting on the case herself. Yeah, and I like the idea where she's going to go to bed and looks up and it's like, you're right, my mind. I will be the bat. She sees the bats. <laughs> now, with that, here's where I thought the call out should have been. She says, Catherine, can you hear me? And then starts looking at the deal. And I saw some people that think seriously that this is like a uh, like a, a call out to something. It's Mudface from Gotham Academy. That was Catherine. Uh, what's it called? Basil Carlo's daughter, uh, Catherine Carlo. So okay. it is the thing that Mudface was the other person. Yeah. And this is but she might be there. That was uh-huh. part of the Gotham Academy deal. She may actually be like ready to form and, and whatnot, but it doesn't seem that that's the case. But she is talking to her friend. That is the, I guess the daughter thing is, of I didn't Basil. Think about that, though, because I, I thought Catherine did get turned into something at the end of what we dealt with before, and I can't no, remember it ended what up, it is. It ended up saying I, I looked and I tried to figure out like, is she one of these? Like, is she the dinosaur? Like, on I thought there she might have been the bag. No, nah, well, she might, but the thing is, she is still kind of something, and she's talking to her. But it was a weird thing because I thought some people might think it's Kathy Kane's things, like the weird things with that name just there and nobody there. Uh, but I do like well, to Catherine the Robin costume itself. Well, that's could be. But you end up where now you have symbiote stuff going on almost in a, in a weird way. But you end up where it's kind of funny, too, because there's maps there in her room. That's like her back cave. And you do have the T-Rex and some funny things. But she goes off on the case. 
to go see if she can find some clues. Batman ends up stopping her, saying, you can't do this, and they end up driving in the Batmobile. She's all excited. Batman is attacked by some creature out of the water outside of, like, Lindsay's house where she went to spare, where she looks. Seemed like she might have been given an offering to the Fae folk in the form of cucumbers on her windowsill, but these are, like, puck wudgies, fucking tokoloshi coming out of little goblin motherfuckers that might have taken her away. Yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah, Batman gets pulled into the water. So we'll, we'll end up continuing it. Uh, with that, I'm a huge Maps fan. Yeah, I could take or leave this. It didn't really impress me much. I, I end up where I didn't think that it had the fun of Maps as much. I think it is kind of a forced deal to get to that whole deal to tie her into her Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Well, it feels weird just having a backup in the Batman book that's doing its own new thing right now and just doing a Maps freaking thing with her being Robin. Yeah, yeah, and her, even when you have Batman show up, and she's like, oh, I kind of just put this on, I'm sorry if I upset you, and also when you end up seeing Maps, I always want to see Damien show up as well, because, you know, their connection, which we may have, but like I said, with all that, it was what it is, it's just a backup, it didn't infuriate me, but I wasn't as impressed, I, I had people messaging me when it was announced that we we're going to have a Maps backup, and I was excited about it, this was a bit of a letdown. But we'll see how well, in it some goes. possible future that we saw somewhere. I don't remember where, if it was in an anthology book in a future state, which I don't think it was that, but somewhere where at some point maps will become the future, you know, Bat, uh, Robin for Batman going forward. There's I don't like know when seven million future oh, yeah. Robins, right? But yeah, she was going to be what that. What was that one? Because it was her with the flower in her hair, and I don't remember which book it was. Because there's always a question about which Robin that was, and it was freaking maps. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I don't know if that was a future state thing or whatever. I can't I remember. It was future state. It was something, though. Yeah, so with that, what would you give this issue? I would give this a 6.5 out of 10. I'm not impressed with this as much as I want to be because of the, you know, Batman Incorporated fun, bring Lex Luthor in, who's one of my favorite characters and or villains all around. But the idea of Abyss, Batman Incorporated, just feels like we're sitting around and talking about the same things we already have been talking about. When it comes to telling a story, we're not really getting that far or doing anything to let me know what's going on in the book. Like I said before, to the point where I'm bringing up Freddy Krueger hypotheses. Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you. And I think it's that pacing where when Good Joshua idea. Williamson ends up writing some things, he does seem to take a while to get to... You know, the gist of it at points, and I need to know more about this. The, the mystery right now is what the hell is going on? I you're need throwing more a bunch of stuff that. at us, but what does that mean to us as the reader for what you're saying to us about nine millimeters and, you know, accelerated decomposition and all this other stuff? I don't know. And we're also, we're in bad knees. I don't know how they play the games over there. Yeah, and that's part of it. You're always off balance with this. And so the big, what he thinks is the wow factor is Batman Incorporated. The idea lacks, and that's more Grant Morrison things. You're going to hear us yell about that later with a Joshua Williamson book. But he he seems to be relying on the wow factor again of Batman Incorporated. Lex. Lex knows Batman and Bruce are the same. All that. The best parts of the book. When we finally do get to the Abyss stuff, though, you just it's it's not even there is that little difference between, oh, my God, it's so intriguing. I need to know more. Or. Man, I don't know what the hell's going on. You got to give me more. Like the fuck? Yeah, that's kind of the deal. And uh, I'm gonna go with a seven out of ten, though. I do like the art, and I really, really like that Lex stuff. But you're right; it is just to get everybody on board with what Lex knows and whatnot. But I kind of needed that at least in this little bit, and I thought that that was a pretty cool deal. But we'll go to the next book, which is what Eric Superman, Son of Kal-El, number six, written by Tom Taylor with art by John Timms, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. And in this issue, we see that people at Bloodhaven are being taken by the Gamoran people. Like, previously we saw that, like, you know, 
President Henry Bendix was making what they were called in the Wildcats universe post-humans, not meta-humans, post-humans. And we really had the idea that it was only the Gamorrean people or the kids that he was using. But here we see that he has people all over. And at this point, Bloodhaven taking kids off the streets and putting them in shipping containers and sending them back to become all post-human about it. And that's going to piss John off something fierce going forward. It seems like, and not only that, but it's going to give Bendix a whole fucking army to put up against our Superman. Yeah. The weird thing about it is when you first start out, I... <laughs> It's so weird, and it, it makes me a piece of crap, Eric. I will reveal that. You end up getting these kids taken. You end up sleep, and everybody's getting they're getting taken away, and they're put in a cargo ship, which it, I thought that all of those containers had people in. I didn't think that this was the idea of top men are going to be putting that away. Right. So when you end up you revealing... all of these cargo yes. containers were the freaking, you know, the, the, the freaking, I can't think what the hell it is, the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, I th- yeah, and I thought all these were people, kids being taken. So at the end, when it's revealed, so it's just the one container. One what about the others? Yeah, that, yeah, not an, even that, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it's just a couple people. It's so bad of me. I actually thought that this okay, was so showing you. trafficking wasn't as bad as you thought, so that makes it okay. Exactly. When okay. I'm thinking it's really human traffic and it's just human traffic you need a, a gigantic cargo ship full of cargo containers to be full <laughs> of people yes. to maximum capacity in order for this to hit your radar i thought that that would really end up like holy crap they are, bu- they are building an army i mean holy moly when you, you see that a cargo container full of people that's freaking like you know the beginning of an well, army just imagine that people. whole deal i swear to god i want it to be take us out and then, me too boss me too all of a sudden this whole thing's just yelling and screaming. It wasn't that. <laughs> it made me laugh. It made me laugh of how awful I am. Uh, but you do have, the, you know, the Tom Taylor deal. You're going to have some good interactions here between characters. You end up Batman going to Lois. They do end up, Tom Taylor does a good job. I wish that he just said right here, Batman said, why did your husband have to tell everybody's identity? I mean, really, he tells his identity and then skedaddles anyway. I mean, really. Well, it's one of those things where everybody has to have an idea. And Bendis didn't want to talk about it at first because, okay, a thousand and one stories about what's going to happen when Superman reveals his identity in the world. And you have the normal things that you talk about, like, how come nobody's attacking the Kent family on these things? And eventually you get to the idea, well, there's a protective force field around this place, the Daily Planet, and everything's going to be fine, though. So, like, then we saw the last issue of this, not including the annual, or this picks up and has nothing to do with that. But the idea where Fault Line was dropped on the Kent house and blew it all up, and only and Superboy or Superman with his grandparents and Jay were just barely able to get out before the whole place went up. We have to find out this issue. Well, you got to understand, well, it's like there wasn't like there was a bomb that was dropped, and it was just like a, a crop duster plane that's always going around Smallville, Kansas. So it really wasn't on our radar, and they just dropped the person at low altitude. So it didn't register as this. So we're spending time to explain how we can blow up the Ken Farm and, because and of all the bullshit. And here's my thing. And get this. And this is my take it, on it. it. And out. when we talk about it, we said when Bendis ended up telling people, don't worry, the idea that you end up revealing the identity could set up a thousand stories. We ended up laughing at it at the time. I think that he should go back. What it is is the idea that it can set up a thousand after-the-fact explanations that you have to go and jump through hoops to get to. It's so ridiculous, but he's using it, and Batman ends up, yeah, we kind of messed up a bit, but he's he's never going to take blame. He could have probably just said, we're really sorry. It won't it's happen again. Fault. He's there, look, this plane. I, if I was on any plane that gets near, I would say there are no, no fly zone. It isn't, but the idea that these crops, I want to know what crops they were actually doing. Like, were they spraying crops there, Bruce? I would have gotten more into it because obviously they weren't, but 
He says that this didn't pop up on their radar, whatnot. We're sorry, but we'll figure out what we can do it's from here country. on out. People get crop sprayed all the time. Yeah, but does the Kents get their crop sprayed? Do they even have crops anymore? I'm telling you, they went over their farm. I think it would have set off some alarms. And we thought there was a perimeter alarm at one point, maybe even a holographic thing where nobody even knew it was there. But I thought the last thing was a Freddy Krueger. It's cool to see... Lois and and you know Batman talking with that's fine. We saw that last issue too when he gave uh, like you know John the the crystal to go and have his own fortress of solitude where he talks to his father's hologram. Yeah, and I love well, I like the idea where you know Bruce and Lois are talking, so we know that things are going on. She's going to be on the case as well as everybody else in this. Book Everybody's as well. getting on the case of this whole thing because we have to find out how Faultline, who you know Superman and his son gave to Star Labs before. Who gave her, you know, the Star Labs to get help for her. They're going to help her, but all of a sudden she was released from their custody and then dropped on the farmhouse and exploded. We had to find out who was behind this. And where do we get to the bottom of that? We got to go to Star Labs. But everybody turns out as a detective and they all have the same idea. So, you know, John and his boyfriend Jay are going to go and do this whole thing where Jay's going to use his facing technology to be, you know, a ninja of truth. Then all, as is going on, Lois Lane's breaking and doing the same thing. And so is Robin when he finds out his best friend has been having problems lately. Yeah, so everybody's on the case. Before that, you get a very classic Superman thing where you end up having Jay and John having pizza on top of the Daily Planet. We've, we've seen this a lot of times. Thankfully, it's not Chicago pizza. Yeah, really. It'd be messy. <laughs> You're real mad. You'd see it just <laughs> slopping just down sauce, the dome. The Daily Planet oh, it'd globe. be the worst. And I'll be slopping around nonsense. Plus. It's kind of bullcrap, Eric. Oh, my God. Take that, Chicago. I'm more upset about Chicago and their hot dogs, though. I do like a deep dish pizza now and again. Uh, those hot dogs are nonsense. But you end up where, yeah, they're they're all on the case. They're going to get some, you know, stats and how this is going on. And they end up, it leads to a bunch of things that they're well, finding out right about. Away, the idea that Jay Nakamura... The kid that we found out a few issues ago has phasing powers, is one of these post-humans out of Gamora, and he was a refugee that was able to escape the country when Henry Bendix took over. We now find out in this issue that he is just a complete replacement for Tom Taylor's character, the Airy, from the Suicide Squad, who's pre- like, this whole thing is so crazy to me because Jay Nakamura's mother was the president of the island nation of Gamora. He has powers. But Henry Bendix came in and took her out of power. Yes, it was official, but she was taken away. She, he believes that she's dead. He comes over here. The Airy, their their mother was president of Badnesia, was overthrown and stuff like that. And then they're like, they have and powers. And they did well. experiments just, on them, too. And that, the whole thing is, it just seems like we're like, okay, it is a character. I didn't get to use as much as I wanted to in the Suicide Squad. We're just going to use it over here with the same situation. The weird thing is, Airy's even been in the book. You had Wink yeah. and Airy in the book. It's so crazy well, because it's very... going to show up because them and Jay have so much in common. I know. But they do. They have the exact thing. And it, we talked about it during the awards show. Yeah, there's a formula going on. Now, with that, then you twist and turn, because when we went back and we were talking about Checkmate, you did end up seeing that part of Leviathan was a, you know, a scientist, Nakamura. I don't know that that could be the same thing, because we just know as a president here. But, yeah, there could be something you could tie in. But I don't know that you have to go that far. There's not really that much, you know, reason to get Checkmate Leviathan involved in that. But with all that, it is very, I mean, it's exact to the airy. And that's a weird play with the area already being in this book as well. But you get the acknowledgement of Robin figures out, okay, that's your boyfriend over there. He's smiling. And I like the idea. It's very nice that he can't wait. Robin not being able to wipe a smile off his face. Damian Wayne. That's well, I crazy. I love whenever we can have a smile on Damian yeah, Wayne's face. I when he it. sees that 
Well, from when we started with the idea of this book where, you know, it's it's John and Damien hanging out, whether or not, you know, Damien should be doing fight club stuff on an island or whatever it is. When it started out, the idea where Damien is like, look, your mother's a journalist. You need to go out there. You need to find the truth. Just like here. Here, listen to this podcast. I like I'm all about the truth, which, you know, turns out Jay Nakamura is the person who puts out that podcast, but also saying, look, buddy, I'm your only friend. The only people you hang out with is me and your parents. So like you don't have anybody. So when Robin does eventually come back, not only has he now dating the guy who does the podcast that he enjoys, but he has somebody outside of Damien in his life, and he is getting out there and being somebody who is, to a degree, sociable. Yeah, and I, I like this idea. First off, I don't know that I remember ever seeing Damien Wayne starstruck, and he is with the, I wish people would look at us like that for the podcast, but he ends up with, that's the guy from the truth. Like, that's really cool. It's really fun. Also, in a I way. I love this new Robin costume. Yeah, I do, too. In a is way. Is it to me, though, that, like, do you think that Damien Wayne is too tall now? Uh, yeah. Too tall Jones. He is like, a little bit tall. Is, he just seems like he's got too tall too quickly because the whole idea before during the super sons was that john was 10 years old and taller than a 13 year old boy and it really pissed robin off now john's like aged up to 17 and it feels like robin's almost as tall as him but wait a minute eric after the aging bendis said that the big thing was that john was now taller than he must bendis doesn't when he know messed anything that up. about characters now, the idea of this too he's he's too he is too tall but I, I know think he's that, growing up and people have you know growth spurts, but it just seems like it came out of nowhere recently. Because they're really getting close to the same. Now, with that, you end up having people saying, oh, my God, this sets up that you can have more super sons, things like that. I actually think that Tom Taylor's doing a big solid for Damien and also maybe a Joshua Williamson over in the Robin book, where now Damien can kind of say, OK, I don't have to worry too much about John. He has his friend, his boyfriend. And maybe I could be friends with this flatline and things, and maybe they could all get together. And I want them to double date. And it's yeah, that's be so what I'm awkward. saying. You could end up with some really cool. Just imagine that double date. Just imagine sitting there, though. You have John and Jay on one side, Damien and Flatline on the other, and just talking because let's just say that John's told you know Jay all about his buddy Damien. Oh, yeah. like, hey, let's not talk about his mother, or his grandfather, or even his father for that matter. Just know that he's you know gone through some stuff, but the idea that. Hey, what are you into? Well, I learn things by killing people. Thank you, Flatline. And I would love they go there and, and John like likes Flatline. Like, crazy date. But it's then, almost like a preppy couple going out with a goth couple. It would, yeah. Well, and, and with that, yeah, John goes, Damien goes, so what do you think about her? He goes, well, listen, don't let her steal your heart. <laughs> and he goes, too late. <laughs> be great. It'd be pretty cool. That's a great joke, actually. I'd use that. She, I would too. I'd have her here and go. Don't worry, I had it in my hand or something. <laughs> it's not that impressive. Uh, but no, I, uh, I think this sets up some good. Like a lot of times, people again. This is the idea of you know toxicness. I love things. I love you know Star Wars. I love that, and some of the newer things I don't like. But you do still have to have a progression. And the Super Sons. Yeah, people love that, but you can't just keep going back to, hey, people well, want to age John again, but do you need to go back to that just to continue? Well, just, just think about it now because it has been a problem. That's the one thing I like about this because while I want John to remain what he was previously and be DH because I don't like anything to do with that story because we never did anything with the trauma of those years, but now John is 17 years old. Damien, to a degree, has been aged up to 14 years old. So the thing is, the distance between their age is still the same. It's just been reversed It's now. reversed. And that's the fun part of it, if you were going to do things. And with this, again... Now it's not a 13 and 10-year-old. It's a 17 and a 14-year-old. We had them before. Yeah, it'd be cool if we could have seen them more in school. And, you yeah. know, Damien knows everything. Things like that. But 
right now we just when, want a shenanigans. And, and the funniest thing was all of this just to go on a side you ended up having ben to say what do you want to just watch him go to school and play video games and then when yes. you ended up giving uh peter j tomasi that digital thing the first page what they did they went to school and played video games it was such a kick Back at Bendis. During the previous Teen Titans series, when it's just Roundhouse and Crush playing video games and showing you Crush opening herself up to somebody, I like those interactions. I don't know about you, but 14-year-olds and 17-year-olds still play video games. What I'm saying overall, though, we're stuck with a situation. But what that situation can do with good writers, like a Tom Taylor, your writer of the year, Eric, is present newer situations that you couldn't have had when they were 10 and 12, 10 and 13. The idea of this is... A double date, like you said, that presents itself now with what happens. So go with and what we can do. And people love that shit with Damien and John's parents doing. I mean, so seriously, all of a sudden they're switching costumes. They're in the, the gentleman comes out. I don't know. That's not the same but thing. But with that, it was the Super Friends deal. That was yeah. the thing as well with Wonder Woman. But that, that's the worst part of that Tom uh, King thing. Wonder Woman didn't even get to go to the fair. She had to sit there and get endless hordes <laughs> she of been demons. A wheel. With all, Steve Trevor would have been, hey, what about me? You end up, though, with this. Where who are they going to trade costumes I think with? that this, who knows, to each other. You end up where this could present some newer things, and, and that's nice. It just I see somebody. It's a funny slogan. In anything with John on the comic, comic book roundup. I can't talk. I have a sore throat. There. But you end up. In the user reviews, one guy just says, I'll never give anything with John a 10 until he's 10. <laughs> and I'm like, right. you're, you're going to have to get over this because there could be better things. Not better, but more things to do uh, as they get older. And that, like you said, a double date or something like that. But this is more about, hey, there's human trafficking going on. We got to stop it. He ends up. And I love where they get this picture of a senator. You end up Gamorrean ambassador. That's the smoke. That's more than a smoking gun. That thing is hot as hell and still firing. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, I don't know about the senator, though. Maybe the ambassador, but the senator should be in big, big trouble. But they go off because they know that the ambassador is leaving, heading back to the morning. They go to stop this. John goes because of this trafficking. And this is the thing is, this is one of my problems with this issue, though, when we have everybody just show up like this out of nowhere to have this really nice moment. But you have this whole thing. Well, here's like, you know, like security footage of these people and this dark faced guy that can put you to sleep that we can't see very well for whatever reason. But it's just that easy to the point where John's is going to go find the cargo ship, be able to open this up. And even when you have come face to face with the bad guy whose main power is he can put you a fuck to sleep. He uses his powers on John and is like, well, I'm just going to fight through this. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. And then he gets is able to go through it without any kind of fanfare or anything. And this is not fanfare, but the idea. There's no struggle to this. It's just John is there. He has a cargo container. The main bad guy's like, go to sleep, which is his main power. This is what he does. John's like, I don't feel right, but you know what? I'm going to fight through it. And he just is able to, and it's just kind of disappointing. That's the Tom Taylor thing, though. It's his characters always are that good. And it works I'm just saying a lot. That you've just made this ma- bad guy a bitch going forward now, where you can just overcome anything he does because he's nothing. John's like, I really could use a nap, but nah, I keep going. And then he gets that cargo container. I'm like, what about everybody else? Go back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets that and then gets that ambassador and ends up having him and you know you do the superman thing almost a batman slash superman thing where you take him up really high hey you better tell me this if you don't i'm gonna take you to batman and he's gonna be mean about it so let me know what is going on and get some info and then brings him down to jay there and yeah the big thing is well, that the ocean's a big place all i'm saying is like somebody's like 
Oh yeah, they're out, they're out there on a cargo ship, and I, I have the powers of a god. I don't know what I'm doing to find this because, like you know, maybe it's just make some bad with directions. But I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to find this ship in the open ocean in the middle of the night. I wouldn't be able to. I I do like earlier where Tom Taylor is giving you a little bit where Jay's like, "How do you knock on the window a glass pane and not shatter it very carefully?" That yeah, was okay, but you end up where they're going, and then you see the rising is about to begin because Bendix gets word that you know. John has messed up a bit of this. They're not going to get that cargo ship. They're well, already the going is, with things. How long did it take for them to get word about this? Because I have to assume the sweet man was still on that cargo ship that had the luggage ass all the way to Gamora, which I, in my mind, oh, takes yeah. a few weeks to get there. So what he shows up, Mr. Bendix, I'm sorry. So we lost the ambassador and we lost our cargo. How? Superman. I hit him. I know I did, but he was too powerful. Well, that's frustrating. He won't be too powerful for much longer. None of them will. And you just see freaking tube upon tube. I love of the idea. That's my big thing where you go and you had, you know, Trent Reznor comes back to tell Bendix what's <laughs> up and says that. And then Bendix no, like, no. Trent Reznor should tell Lobot what's yeah, going on. Really? Lobot ends up like, oh, <laughs> that's frustrating. I guess now we only have 500,000 people, not 500,012. <laughs> Because you look here, there are a lot of people already changing, already going there. You got wings, you got butterfly wings, you got anything. You got four-armed bitches that are going to manhandle you. Oh, my goodness. You got things going on left and right. You don't need anything that was going to be in that cargo Again, I keep going back all the time. It's Bill Belichick. You got Goros. He's Bill Belichick. He's like, I really want to win. I just don't want to win the Super Bowl. I want to win the Super Bowl. You have all this going down, and yeah, the connection, and some of the things that Tom Taylor does use shortcuts with where we know what's going on with the post-human stuff. And, you know, that's kind of for, oh, yeah, that's me. And I did that. But we go and there's that personal connection of they also find out that Jay's mom is alive. She is not dead. So they're oh, like, oh, true, my yeah. God. So you have that. Guess what, Jay? All these t- all this time that you thought your mother was dead and moved on with your wife and did a podcast. Turns out that mommy president lady is still alive. Dun, dun, well, I mean, dun. it is one of those. She's still alive. Oh, my God. Great. She's in a coma. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, that's all it is. But she's, but she's coming alive. out soon. Oh, oh right. Soon might mean 500 years. Oh, man. Just Time is relative, gone. Jay. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but at the end, what would you give this? Thing is, I like I like the art in this a lot. And I like I all too. the stuff that we talked about that we could get out of the interactions with Robin being here and Jay and stuff like that. Even everything that we're loving out of Joshua Williamson's Robin and the characters there and what they can do going forward with this book. Just because the Super Sons all grown up. And I want to see it. But when you look at the main story, this kind of, I feel kind of lacking, though, with the idea of the post-humans, what Bendix is doing. And I find myself a little disappointed that we're not doing anything with Lex Luthor like we saw at the end of the annual there. We just pick up where number five left off. So that's a bit disappointing. But overall, I think I give this a 6.8 out of 10. Lex is probably still, he's got his foot cut under that L. And he took the L, Eric. Take the L, Lex. It's so funny that I forgot all enemies, about that. John. And once you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, my God, I love that issue. Uh, yeah, one thing that I do like about this as well, even though she doesn't do that much, but Lois being in here is pretty cool, only because she's not going to be Super able Mom. to be in action comics. You're on War World. So the idea that people might have been worried that she might not be featured, well, but it makes is, sense. It She's the mom. Be fine in my mind. I still expect John to still go home most nights, and you know she lives at home with mom. Yeah, we just haven't seen a ton of it, but I like that she's involved. It's not just. Hey, Mom, what's going on? She's like, I'm back to drinking in the woods. Make yourself I a pizza. I just told like, hey, John, where are you going? Go to the Fortress of Solitude, Mom. All right, be back by 11. Oh, Mom. Oh, Mom. Yeah, something like that. Or she walks into the Fortress of Solitude, and he's pulling up his pants real quick. Mom. 
How's her ass walking <laughs> to the Fortress of Solitude? I don't know. I'm sure she has some teleporter that they gave her. I have no idea. But yeah, you end up where I'm glad that she was in there. And I, I did laugh when she just, they opened the door and she's there. Oh my, you guys are here too. It's kind of fun. So yeah, what did you say you gave it? 6.8 out okay, of 10. I'm going to go 7. I'm 7 out of 10. I'm looking forward. I, I like this book, you know, since it started. I just, I do need more. One of the things we said before really gets to me in this is, you need it to be different than what you had set up in your Suicide Squad book with the area and Wink and that. It just seems so familiar as if you said yeah, that's there wasn't problem, yeah. enough time to finish that. That book got canceled. And now let's do it we different, Wink but the same. Here, but we just copied and pasted the same background. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that was a bit of a letdown, almost like an eye rolling, like, really? Like, this is what's going on. I was but very disappointed. That's their connection together, I guess. And the truth will come out, Eric. The truth. But yeah, we're we're still on with the we just need to get the revolutionaries here. Yeah, but we'll probably get all all of that. People had been yelling for him at one point. That that has died down a bit. People I think more, yelling, but the people didn't even remember who their names. You no, know, that's what I'm th- saying. I think that people oh, yeah, have stopped yelling about there, it. Do you? Yeah, oh my Deadly god, six. He's on his way. I like I like Which Deadly Six. Die at the end. I can't remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> yeah, now. now we're as bad, right? So there. Well, I'm Chaos not yelling about it, so I'm okay. Oh my goodness! But yeah, yeah. So we'll go off. Yeah, now I can't because we used to yell back and forth with that. But with all that, we're going to go off right now to some mail and also the results of the a listener poll for the 2021 DC Best Ofs. So when I'm talking to my wife and shaming people who. Some people like to hear the news. Some people love all the reviews. The thing that I look forward to. It's mail, it's mail, it's mail. Mail with Jim. Mail with Jim. All the nonsense we think of, stories of the things we do, everything that we send in, we love that it's going to mail with Jim. With Jim, with Jim, with Jim, mail with Jim. Jim, with Jim, with Jim, Mel with Jim. Ah, yes, Eric, I forgot that song was that long. Holy moly. Uh, but here we are, Mail with Jim and Eric. And if you want to get involved in the mail, you can email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Nico, Luis, and Mark did. We're going to start with Nico says. I am new to comics and found your podcast on Spotify. Nice. My question is, what are, the best, what are the best current books that are best for new readers? I have watched most of the movies and cartoons, but never did read a lot of comics before. I mean, you were talking about stuff like a Nightwing or yeah. a Flash. 
You even mentioned Batman, right? Because well, that's Batman just is a starting weird thing. off. It's just starting off with a new writer and it's doing its own thing going forward. And I feel like, you know, it's going to be something you can always jump on a Batman, but it is almost like a Batman Incorporated sequel by Joshua Williamson. So the idea of, you know, knowing what Batman Incorporated is beforehand might be, you know, knowledge that you maybe, need. Maybe, but maybe, you know, we'll finally see them and then they'll, they'll spell that out. But it's still Batman. You can kind yeah. of go with it. Uh, I think that the Son of Kal-El, you'll be caught up pretty well, quick with stuff issues like in, so that. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty new yeah, and easy to get into. Yeah, there's a bunch of things. And there's going to be some miniseries and things coming out that will always be cool to go into. One thing, if and I don't know where Nico lives or whatnot, and it is kind of a sore subject for some people, but if you end up living in the States and you can get the DC Infinite app, I would say to even start with that, and then you can even go and jump into a lot of other things to try before you actually, you know, put some money down or try to follow things up. But we'll try to guide people through as well. But, yeah, there's a bunch of things going on right now, and hopefully there'll be more and more. Like One Green Lantern, that's not good for new readers. No, that, and even like a, a Suicide Squad. Even so. Yeah, even a Suicide Squad, while we like it, it might With be a, lot of a the tough concepts, way to yeah. try to figure out what the concepts, things like that. But something like a... One star squadron, Eric. You can just jump into that, right? You can just go and have a grand old time with that. I wish that was the case. Also, too, I mean, it's weird, too, because you would, you would assume a lot of times, say, a black label stuff because it's not continuity, but a lot of that still hinges on you knowing the characters and things like that. But I think that that would be okay because of the movies and cartoons. And that's why I think something like that Batman the Imposter, especially if you're planning on going to see the Batman, that is actually Batman. Yeah, that that the Batman imposter is written by the guy who wrote the the Batman, so it kind of has that feel supposedly as well. And yeah, Robin and Batman is a good one as well. And a new Jeff Lemire Swamp Thing. I haven't read it yet. I'd say read but Robin that might as be well. The deal. Yeah, Robin would be a good one to go with as well. Yeah, you can go with the that. The heaviest but then, thing you're dealing with there is the idea of a you know Damian Wayne grandmother and also the return of Connor Hawk, who you might not have known beforehand, but hopefully. He'll get a full explanation further down the line. Again, I had an easier way in. I was at the New 52. Everything started. But you still have that thing even then, even with a whole new reboot continuity, where the fun of it is, I'm telling Nico this, Eric, I think you know this, the fun of it is, even when you do it every week, where you read something and you remember something from before, if you do have a DC Infinite app and you're able to do that, it's so much fun to, say you start Damien, you're like, and then that takes you back to some other stories and stuff. And that's how you start to really fill all the blanks in overall. That's the fun of reading the DC comics and stuff because the characters are so great that you want to read stuff, even if it's not in the current continuity or whatnot. They're good stories. So there's even a lot. action comics right now. You just have to know that Superman's gone off with a team that he's yeah. put together and also a fun Martian Manhunter backup. And, oh my God, what is that to blurb? Yeah, I, I actually think that you're right because really from the movies, now I'm starting to think like movies, cartoons and stuff like that. There are a lot of cool things. I even could go with, say, the Batman Urban Legends, a lot of those end up, especially the beginning when you had that Jason Todd Red Hood yeah. deal. Maybe go Grifter. and check that out. Grifter might be a little bit of a stretch, but still. Grifter's just badass dude to like kick an ass and take names. That's all you need. Well, I say that, but then you have a lot of freaking authority, like Wildcat stuff thrown in that might be a little bit harder with Halo and stuff. Wait a minute. You didn't mention the Midnighter backup. Uh, I did not. You didn't mention that. I, I didn't hear you, but here's the thing. Not that it's great, but you could probably read Wonder Woman and not really be that, you know, far behind. Because that story isn't really doing much, but it isn't that great, according to us. But yeah, thanks, Nico. There's a bunch of stuff, but the ones yes, that you mentioned you, would be really cool to get into. Luis is next. Luis says, hello, Jim and Eric and the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> you know what time it is. Question of the week time, Eric. 
What's that? That's what time it is. I, I go, where's Flavor Flav? Oh, yeah, the clock on Flav says He's question of the week. Time. If you are or were a director of any comic book movie, Eric, and I'm going to defer to you here with this since you I'm not much it. of a movie viewer. And you didn't want to put any thought into this. Well, I, I started thinking because it gets a little bit. I sent this to you. I don't know if you saw it when I yes. sent it to you ahead of time. But there gets to be like, who would you want in the main cast and things like that? And I'll end up saying something. You'll be like, he's already this. <laughs> I'll feel like a jerk. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I want Superman should be Ben Affleck. And then you'll tell me I'm an idiot. Well, he was. He was. He played George Reeves in Hollywood Land. There you go. Who played Superman. Yes, who ended up being killed. What character would you pick, Eric, for the deal? Well, you know, that's getting killed. I was trying to dumb it down a little. Uh, Number one, what character would you pick for a movie? Hawkman. Okay, you have a Hawkman movie. Who would you want to be in the main cast? Well, that's the thing is, with all this stuff going forward, the idea of, like, who do you want in this? What would the story be? And Hawkman is the character that I'm picking. And you're going to have a Hawkman in the Black Adam movie along with a Dr. Fate and stuff like that. And you're going to be playing in the past with Egypt and Kondok and different things like that. But the way I interpret a Hawkman movie, who I want Frank Grillo to play, who, you know, I just said Frank Grillo because he looks like a Carter Hall to me. He was the guy who played Crossbones in, like, you know, the Captain America movies and stuff like that. But, like, he just has, like, a, like a, a look to me that could either be a Carter Hall or you mess him up a little bit. He could be a Frank Castle, maybe, even if you bulk him up. But the idea where you make this an Indiana Jones slash the mummy from the 90s kind of adventure going back in that time was fun. You know, with period pieces in Egypt where you have, like, you know, like uh, Prince Khufu and uh, Princess Shaira and Hatset, and you have this whole idea of the the nth metal, the Thanagarian ship crashing, and all this stuff happening. But Carter Hall is just an Indiana Jones archaeologist who is trying to do this and is plagued by the shadow thief who's trying to get all this. Where Carter then eventually finds out who he is and a modern day Hatset who's reincarnated along the way with him with the curse and stuff like that. Where then Hawkman has to become Hawkman to take on all of these threats. And I just see it along those lines with this like back and forth kind of time like period piece aspect that goes along with the modern day archaeologist kind of stuff. Okay, so that's your main cast. And the thing right? I had, I put this down here as half set as the Rami Malik, who was in uh, the Mr. Robot show, and the Rice okay. Ifums as I don't uh, like the look of that thief. guy. That well, guy scares like, he's me. an Egyptian guy, and I can see him being like a young half set who's been reincarnated and has like a master plan behind, you know, getting back at Carter Hall or Prince Khufu and stuff like that. But like Rice Ifums, who played um, the lizard in The Amazing Spider Man, I could see him in like a a shadow thief kind of costume because he's got that weird looking face. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, a lot of lists at the end of the year with, you know, TV show, best pilot. I actually was looking up at one point and I saw that guy and it freaked me out. Uh, but yeah, you end up where that tells you what your story, that would have been the third question. What would the story be? Would it be yeah. your own story or from the book? I'm actually going to join in It's just in a there. bunch of different stories just thrown together to make a cohesive thing where I get two of Hawkman's villains half set and shadow thief. I'm going to do an on Ray Descartes movie. It's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to be the guy playing him, and he's going to find an underground fighting ring that I'm going to call the Zumate. Okay, Eric, so that is Frank mine. Dukes. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, he wanted to know what that would be, so you would want a Hawkman movie. And that was all the deal. So he Mostly says because you can do this like you have a superhero movie where the majority of it is almost like, you know, the Stargate with all that weird alien kind of like Egyptian kind of stuff, but you also have an Indiana Jones-esque movie, which could be really fun. And then you get wings and a fucking mace. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that's pretty and cool with Shadow the wings powers and the mace. with Shadow Thief. Reincarnation, magic, voodoo, alien technology, it's all fun. You did mean Mace the Rapper, right? No. Oh. That's about it. See you all on the seventh, he says then. Yeah, so he, he can he can ponder the Hawkman movie. And now next and last for the mail part is Mark, 
who says, Sup, Jim and Eric, and this is Batman Beyond, Mark, of course. First of all, congratulations on seven years of podcasting. You guys do great work. I just would have imagined that seven years from now when we start, I'm like, we might be a little bigger something in all the scheme of things. But here we are, Eric. We just keep on keeping on. My other reason for mailing is to shout out my DC book of the year. Just going to give a shout out, Eric. The other history of the DC universe. You could really pick any of the four issues that came out last year. They're all fantastic. I looked at them as kind of sleep aids, Eric. That's Mm -hmm. me. Other than that, and some of the Tom Taylor Nightwing book, I didn't like much of DC last year. I hope this year is better. It's already starting out better with stuff like a DC versus Vampires Task Force C, the Dark Knights of Steel, things like that, that we're digging already that we didn't want to put on the list. But I ended up again because you ended up having read as well, saying that he would have picked the other history of the DC universe, and I try. And the thing is, I said to Mark, I understand that it could be an important book. It's something that people do really love. It's presented as prose. With the, you know, drawings behind it, that's the deal. And that's not a good delivery system for me. I ended up getting well, bored. Well, it's almost like and the Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazon Historia. Yeah, it looks was. great. And, like, it looks great. It's just, but like, you know, it just goes over the top with its narration boxes and what it tries to tell you and its ways of like, it just, it's not a great comic book to no, me that's, because actually, it's not told Actually, it's funny you said that. I said to Mark, basically, the idea, it may be a great comic book, but it's not a great comic book. Because it's done in that different way that isn't, you know, I like comics mainly because, you know, great stories, but also the way that you can tell that goes both visual and the writing. And that just ended up feeling like a lot. And again, people loved it. And it it gives you some good character moments and some things. Looking at that skewed deal, I said it, Eric, skewed, where you end up where that's that, you know, almost like a Marvels did at, at Marvel where you got to go through that and see if this is just like Wikipedia entries with big art. And the art looked great, but it's static art and things. It just didn't play well with me and in my mind. And we actually talked about it when it came out about should we talk about it on the podcast? And we kept thinking, like, it, it's not Ow. something you can really. Some people did. I don't know if they succeeded or not, but it just felt like something that would be like, okay, we're going to stop right now. We're going to start talking about the two towers. You know, it, it's it was a little bit different. And harder to deal with and usually usually the problem same with me but usually the way we don't talk about it on the show we ain't reading it normally until later sometimes we go and people say i tried i tried again last night got real tired but also for a non-dc book shout out to kaiju max absolutely the best ongoing from any company that i read last year kaiju i don't max. know that book I think that that's like a loop-the-loop coaster at the, you know, Adventure Time It better be park. some kind of Godzilla giant monster Because thing. it's at Hershey Park. You end up, they give you a Hershey bar, you go in, you go loop-the-loop and come out and you shit out Hershey Kisses there. Why do they give you a happens. Hershey bar? Well, you do. At the one point when I went as a kid, they would actually give you that. a Hershey bar when you go into the park. Uh, that was kind of a cool deal. I thought it was great. Uh, I don't think they do that anymore. I don't even people are Should able just to go like there anymore. a special anymore. Hershey bar day? No, no, it's just what you would get when you'd go in. Uh, absolutely the best ongoing, though, he says. So I'd have to take his word for it. And that is Batman Beyond Mark. Thank you, Mark. But here we go to end this, though. Not really mail, but to end the deal. The weirdos ended up having a poll on. And it was a public poll on the Patreon, whether or not everybody got involved, whatnot. But these are the picks for the best of 2021 for the weirdos of the Get Fresh crew. Um, <laughs> on, and they differ a bit from me and you. Art. 
uh, the winner was Jorge Jimenez, who nice. did mo- the Batman stuff. I mentioned that was one of my runner-ups. He can we draw have the writer eating like nobody else. Yeah, we have James Tynan, the writer, which it was a tight one between him and Tom Taylor. It's James Tynan books. was huge. I mean, he was the most important, I said on the, the show, most important writer, and that is a big vacuum. Now that he is gone, uh, and it looks like you would have a Tom Taylor and a Joshua Williamson kind of trying to fill in, they do need somebody new to hit, in my mind. We need something big, something new. But the book of the year Hopefully for it's the Matthew weirdos, Rosenberg going forward. Maybe. He's already kind of hitting. I think they still need somebody else. I think they just need someone who's hitting these newer weird ones. Books, so he needs to get on a main title that people will care about because that's a name brand. He's not really a new writer. He's just new to DC. I, exactly, I need though. somebody new, like somebody that we never expected. Like when I, Tom Taylor, that I really didn't know anything about with Injustice. And all of a sudden, he started getting bigger and bigger. But well, well that's why see. I look forward to those weird anthology books. I have all these new writers because it's always a chance for somebody to break through and be somebody new that we like going it's forward. It's weird, though. Lately, those aren't exactly that type of thing. They just end up grabbing editors that they have now, which I guess is kind of new. But also just other people that, like Stephanie Phillips, they'll keep pushing her and all those anthologies. I used to like, and I went back and looked through a bunch of them, those new talent showcase. I didn't love them when we were reading them, but it's a cool concept to go. Philip Kennedy Johnson was in the 2018 one, and I completely forgot about it when I was going through those on the Infinite app. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I read the the story he had, this Batman story, and I did remember it, and we didn't love it. But still, it gave him a bit of a chance. But yeah, the book of the month, or month, the book of the year for the weirdos of the Get Fresh crew was actually The Flash. Ended up the being flesh. the Flash was the deal. Well, he does have the biggest moment for me in that book. Yeah, it did have your biggest moment. And it is one of those books. Again, did we mention that earlier? It was one of the ones you can jump on to because that certainly is one so as did, well. Yeah. I hope I did because that is one that you can get on. And I said Nightwing is the book that seemed to be where everybody's like, oh, my God, this is what we needed. This is like a rebirth book, but Flash is as well. And you ended up having J-Man even say that he would pick the Flash because of that. It gives that hope back. It gives you Wally back and all those things. I just need it to be a and little I more. Maxine Baker. I can't wait to see. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, we were fired up about that. I just need more of uh, that book for the, the stories themselves to be fleshed out a little more. I think that some of the things ended up. We had a lot of, you know, two gimmick issues kind it's of. It's so funny, too, thinking about the Flash right now because of where we are with the Eclipso storyline and the idea that Wally can't be taken over because of this even keel hang loose attitude. And, like, just sitting there last night, I was reading, like, the Flash annual number five from, like, the, like the, I think the early 90s or the late 80s. I don't know when it came out. But the idea, like, it was an Eclipso story for the big Eclipso arc that went throughout the whole thing. Like, well, there's Wally getting taken over by Eclipso. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it is funny <laughs> though that glider got you to be taken over by Eclipse. And the so. funny thing is, as you're saying that, like the idea of this Eclipso story, that should be big. Like I it agree. should feel real big, and it doesn't feel big, and that's I where I worry his about ass it. Was in a cosmic glaive flying through space. I don't know either. I don't even know half the time what a glaive is. I think it's some sort of urn you drink out of. You end up where you're doing that, but I an need the story. You drink out of. Ah, an urn you drink out of. Yeah, it, it doesn't you a mug? feel. Eh, just like no, a like a, a big type of picture or something like that. Hey, get me some of that out of that glaive, will ya? <laughs> right? That's what I say. And then they're like, "What?" And then they they stab me, and I'm like, "What the hell are you doing?" No, I just it doesn't. In the book, it feels like, and I think Jeremy Adams is doing a really good job with the book. He just tends to kind of veer away from things, and and everything doesn't feel as big as it should. Is is kind of how I go about with it, but. He does have some fun stuff, and while he seems fun, he seems chill, right? Just like chill, <laughs> all Steven. that. 
Fancy with Steven. Uh, I used to like that show uh, back in the day, Disney show, Eric. Uh, but with all of that going down, I just I think it's a good book. I, I just couldn't. There was just that little bit with the gimmicks and kind of not hitting as well that kind of pulled me back from book of the year. But it was in the in the running that and Rob and I ended up picking Nightwing. Um, but with all of that and you ended up picking you ended up, you know, surprising me with Superman and the authorities. So yeah. we had that and there were picks for those as well on when the weirdos, uh, you know, agreed with one of either of us. But Flash ended up winning. So that is that. So I hope everybody, you know, checks out maybe those things if they haven't because the weirdos like them. But we're going to go off. We have three more books for the end of the podcast. We're going to go to them right about now. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shake. Ah, yes, I love that Eric Shea I does. And here okay. we are with him here. Just a little shout out to you, Eric. We're here to talk three more books, as we said. And it's funny because Justice League Incarnate, it, this should be the big book. It, it, somebody's got to tell it that, Eric. I mean, really. I think it's working material down at the Laughing Brew is what's oh, yeah. going on. I had in my original blurb what I was going to say, I will say it right now, was the idea that it is throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you. Just somebody has to tell Grant Morrison they're using his sink. Eric, boom! That was pretty good. But it is Justice League Incarnate. We'll jump right into this. Number three, Lost in the World, Eric. Were you lost sure. in the world or were you lost in my eyes? Or were you Debbie Gibson from back in the day? Deborah. Joshua Williamson and Denis Colbert writing it. Right. Here we go, Eric. you got to really sit down for this, uh, you know, it, like this whole up. rundown here of, I don't know how you podcast. Don't you have a standing desk? No. Ariel Olivetti, right? you got Nick Varela. Todd Nuak, Mikel Ajanin, Andre Abrasan. Those are all the artists. Then you have Hi-Fi and Tom Napolitano pulling in at the caboose there. As we go into this book, and again... Start off on Earth-41, <sighs> image-based world in the DC multiverse, where you have characters from the DC world mixed in with image characters, and this is what makes up this world. And we have Captain Carrot stranded here. Yeah, and you have Captain Carrot there. And the problem is, without any sort of, you know, tie-in in here, some people be very confused of these characters. Because a lot of them don't necessarily look like what you would say. Oh, I get that one. But you don't really need to know anyway. You get the their names. I, I need to know is Spawn and Swamp Thing and their bad guy, the Annihilator, who's Violator. Yeah, and Spore legitimately is I, I need to say Spawn Spore, yeah. and Swamp Thing. And with that, I don't know that that many people will know that. Now, when you get these names, a lot of people will look them up. That's what we do. So you'll get the idea. But I didn't get the fun. And, and the problem is, is this seems like this is all for fun, quote unquote fun. And my, my big problem with the whole deal in general is this is what I'm looking at as the big book, the thing that's going to tell me how we're going forward, what we're doing. Maybe what are we doing with the new multiverse after yeah, death metal? This should be the big thing. And it, it, like I said, somebody's got to tell it that. And it almost feels at this point with three issues in that we've already said Joshua Williamson just wants to play Grant Morrison here. And then through that. Do we really need to read this? Because I'm not really enjoying it now. I like the first issue because I said, okay, it's got a little more fun than a usual dark, you know, DC event type deal. 
But now it doesn't even feel like any sort of event. No, it doesn't say quite well, what it is, but it's like just a feels... weird idea because it should be the event book because it's dealing with the big things in the DC multiverse right now and what that means to the reader. And we're going to explain the whole thing. But even when we have to go with the idea, like, oh my God, after death, now the entire multiverse that was destroyed by Perpetua has now been recreated by the cosmic judges of the fucking grand multiverse. The, the things that make multiverses in general. We have put everything back into place, but why did we have to put everything back into place the way it was? Because when I think about we have remade the multiverse, why do we go to Earth 7, then Thunder's homeworld, who we have to then go back to the multiversal guidebook where the gentry and the empty hand had taken over this planet and destroyed this whole thing. So now it's still like that. And after all of this time that we've been sitting here as readers, the empty hand and gentry have still been in control of Earth-7 that's been destroyed and have turned the entire planet into their oblivion machine, making this also a sequel to the Multiversal Guidebook out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of people, and, and if you're going to complain to us, me and Eric here, you're going to say, come on, man, it's it's comic book fun and it's got imagination. The problem I have with it, and I didn't even think about it right away, but poor Wonder Woman. This, this gal, she ends up pretty much sacrificing herself so that everything can be remade and then that just got fudged up when the contestants gets get, and now we're just back to oh my god what's going to happen what's well, and then the you throw in the bat, bat woman who laughs i mean going into infinite frontier the actual 6 issue mini to start this off the prequel to this you know storyline that we're dealing with right now where the idea you start you start that whole thing off. What's that six issue where that was just that one shot actually, that zero issue I think I'm thinking about. But the idea that Darkseid is back in his ultimate form, he kills the contestants, the overseers of the monitors outside of the actual monitors, but the people that we know and love who are the overseers of everything like Gambit, the Phantom Stranger, Spectre, the uh, Wizard Shazam, Hera, all of these characters and plus more, which I'm, I just can't think of everybody, but they're all murdered right out there. Oh my God. So how, what a way to start a story off. Everybody you think are the big, you know, do-gooders of the multiverse. They've all been murdered by the badness that is dark side in this final form. But then it all kind of gets fudged up immediately. Wonder, Wonder Woman starts her series off and the whole idea is, oh my God, the Greek pantheon's been murdered. Wonder Woman has to go and bring them all back to life. Hera's brought back to life. It doesn't talk shit about what happened with the Quint yeah, Quintessence. And we saw Hera in other, it didn't jive up. So that, that does, it fudges it up. So with that, I'm wondering if, and, and maybe the big play, if Joshua Williamson wanted to do this, now they want to go and it looks like this is leading to a big event thing that's going to be with Darkseid versus everybody, or even the twist that you get maybe by the end of this with a little inkling, maybe the idea is Darkseid with every, you know, who, who, whatever. But I don't know that we wouldn't have been better served to just say to Joshua Williamson, you want to do your Grant Morrison ES things, how about we get a multiversity too? Where you explain the new multiverse, and maybe we could have went from there. Because I'm looking at a guy, I'm looking for a guide to tell me what's going on in our continuity, our whole omniverse that they play. Everything matters, and this, you said, everybody is doing their own thing anyway. And then you get into this, and it seems to be getting further and further away from what I want to have is some clear, concise deal, so that I can tell somebody this is what's going on, this is happening, this. You start messing around, and this ends up being well, cool out again. Grant Morrison. Whole, when we start this whole thing off, well, where we ended with you know the House of Heroes being thrust through the blade to try to get away from you know the Dark Side's forces and the Parademons, and then you know the Batwoman at last taking over that whole thing, and then being forced then to you know self destruct the House of Heroes, which seems like it was just traveling through the blade and then blew up. It seems like now it just crash landed on Earth Seven, and that's it. And 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 then you go. From the weird thing about this is, and it's something you love, so I don't think you're going to, you know, pish posh the idea, but 
It does. This feels more along the lines of, say, original Secret Wars. This ends up feeling like something to sell figures where you're just jumping. You go to Earth 31 where you have Avery and she's about to walk the plank, but it doesn't do much except, oh, my God, he had his treasure chest of the comics. Like, there's just things that are there to try to wow you. Morris and stuff that I can't stand when it comes to this. Look, if you want to deal with comic book stuff and the idea that comic books are the lifeblood that, like, tell the stories of the universe that we care about, you go to Earth Prime for that. Our universe that we exist in, but plus also a Superboy who has powers as well there, like, you know, Superboy Prime, whatever you want to deal with. Like, I don't know where he's at, if he's back there, or he actually went to heaven at the end of Death Metal, and it's, you know, whatever. That's what you deal with. But when Captain Blackbeard here in Earth-31 has his freaking chest full of tomes and prophecies, and it's just comic books inside, I'm like, stop, please. Because, you know, it's just, whenever you have to get this woo-woo fanciful thing that we always did throughout the idea of the multiversity, where the, I'm sorry, the story itself, I didn't care for, but when you had the one-shots dealing with the individual planets, like the Thunder World and different things like that, that was fun. I like dealing with that, or the Pax Americana dealing with, like, the, the, um, the charlatan universe and stuff like that. That's fun stuff that I want to see how those earths work and stuff. But when you, the overall story just hinges on the idea of like these comic books, you know what I'm talking about, huh? Magical. Yeah, and, like, and uh. the weird thing is, is even like Scott Snyder that we said with metal and then death metal, he was really trying to do his inner Grant Morrison and even had Grant Morrison write some of it with him at no. that one point. But when you had that, like there's the library of the month, like, that was even a little more subtle than this. This is just right that in your like face. was like Neil Gaiman with the yeah, library. Yeah, that was Neil Gaiman stuff yeah. with that in the agreement, like that stuff. But that that kind of gets you. I understand, and it's a it's a cool thing. First off, to see oh, comic books are important, but I, I don't need that. I like the concept of storytelling beyond just the comic books. The idea that these stories. But when you just end up opening up that treasure chest, and there's the actual comics in there, including you know Infinite Frontier and justice league and card the first issue of this series you just end up where i'm thinking like what are you doing why are you playing these games i need to know what is going on and i know we have a couple more issues of this and then but the big thing about it is we were a little upset at the end of justice or infinite frontier this the first mini because it ended up with a oh we didn't really get a full story then we start with this I think we're just going to keep doing this. I don't want to keep playing this game each time. Hey, we'll give you five more issues to see some wacky stuff and then get to it. I need to get to something that I can sink my teeth into to say, okay, this is important. I've been yelling that these books should be read more because they're important. But this, it just seems like a goofy, hey, I'm going to do some Grant Morrison stuff and show you that comic books are popular and important on, you know, Earth Prime and things like that. So I just... Now, I think it can be fused with Prime Earth, which is Earth Zero. Yeah, so you end up where all of this is the setup that comic books do mean something. We're in the multiverse. You have all this stuff going on so that we go to Earth Prime and it's Earth 33, where you end up having Calvin and Maya, Dr. Dr. Multiverse, multiverse yeah. who I thought that it was funny right away, where you have a guy's like, oh, man, you already got a Dr. Multiverse cosplay? That issue just came out. That was kind of funny. But then you get to where they're going to grab some comics and read them. Once you go and they apply to be comic book writers at DC, everything is like it's just that easy, folks. Yeah, I mean, really, just the idea. Like, I know there's an overwhelming thing where the idea is they are allowed in here because not even the fact that you know Calvin and Maya are able to become DC comic writers. But before this happens, Darkseid comes to the surf, shapeshifts his body, and becomes a DC editor who then finds them and hires them over at DC Comics. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I've always wanted in the long run where it actually plays out in real time where Superboy Prime 
sent back to his own world who can't cause our heroes mischief anymore or just be a overall fuck all that he is he then grows up to become a writer at dc comics and this is the way that he fucks with the people by writing the worst versions of them that he can and this is the something that you know the just like incarnate with the just like have to travel to Earth 33 and stop him, get his ass fired or something, because that's what I needed from that, because I thought it'd be a cool idea for him to continue on along those lines. So let's say even if he doesn't have his powers. But when you just have this whole, like, you know, one issue thing, oh, Calvin and Maya, they're on this, uh, I'm like Darkseid, he's there. He's the editor of their writers, and he wants Darkseid to win. I'm like, and that's not even the worst of it. The thing is, not only the fact that everything has to move at a breakneck speed in order for this to happen, because real lifetime it ch- happens like you know differently than comic book time, which works for them in their favor. It's just the idea that they don't have their powers, and it's only once you know Avery comes through trying to break the imagination bubble that's like you know wraps around this yeah, planet. It's a fictive membrane that it's they only claim. like you know a hologram of her trying to break through. It says, "Look, you guys, you have your powers. You're just too afraid to use them." You know what? You're right. We do have our powers. My like, God. Damn it, what are you so doing? So with that, the funny thing is, is it's, if you're going to argue with us, and somebody could say, well, listen, they're able to get the job quick because Darkseid, how did Darkseid become the editor that quick? He ends up saying that he's just disguising himself. He is in this, you know, an Earth Prime that it shouldn't be that he just pops up and becomes an editor either. So the whole thing is just set up, and where you have a, a concept that some people might think is cool, you know, we've seen this, you even pointed out, the point where there is, and I believe it is Flash 179 that you yes. pointed out. I read it last night. Yeah. And you end up having Barry Allen end up in the real earth. 1968. And he to go, yeah, he has to go to Julius Schwartz to make a cosmic treadmill because he can't figure out what else to do. It's like the whole thing, you know, Flash shows up in Earth 33. is like, look, I'm Barry Allen. Get out of here with your hogwash. And like, you know, oh, look, I need you to buy these things. Oh, if you want a handout, then he has to prove that he's the Flash. And then Julius like, I love all this imaginative shit. Let me go buy all this stuff and we're going to make a cosmic treadmill. And we've had these things, you know, before, but the way that I thought, like, if you're going to do this, play the game up here where you end up. I mean, you could go as far as having Darkseid look like Dan DeDeal if you really wanted to have some fun. And I actually thought it would be. But even the idea where they're, they're having conflicts with the editor about story things, but make it something relative to what we have now, maybe. And maybe even have that one point where they're like, listen. We're off the Substack, jerk, or they're going to try their own. Di- but really, they're just there, and suddenly they're able to Superman, write these comics. President Superman and Maya, without having their powers, yes, they can make uh, unlimited money with the Brainiac tech that, you know, uh, Calvin has. But their lives are going, like, they just got to this Earth, our Earth that we know that we actually live in. They are doing better than I am, and I'm angry about it. <laughs> they are. I mean, in the idea of also the whole Superman deal. Well, you know, he ended up seeing a Superman movie, and How it's a rounding deal. At this that I have a I know they are. You can't get that job. <laughs> the funniest thing is just to tie it into Your the book at the end here. Maybe it would have been better if they just went and got Mark Russell, since he's in the world too, Eric. You can get him the right stuff, and then they're mad that he can't sell a book. Maybe the pre- yeah. Actually, it'd be funny where he goes and like, hey, I heard that you have that sixth issue of Prez is going to come out eventually. Maybe it could no. be me. Yeah, but yeah, the the idea of this just you end up doing it to do it to say, oh, it's imaginative. Days in, they're already writing Batman and freaking big things at DC Comics. Just the steel, like I wanted it to have. I mean, you, you set this up, make a little bit well, of fun you, or satire well, it's, it's with it. This part too, because you had this story where you set up the idea of a Doctor Multiverse and even Batman and Calvin talking in Earth thirteen in the previous issue. The idea that Doctor Batman, Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint Universe or Timeline. 
He knows that Calvin's kind of into Dr. Multiverse, and there's a romance brewing. But we spend all this time on Earth-33 with those two trapped there. And what we do is like in like the detective comics where we jump from one date all the way to the end. We overshoot the entire romantic thing that they do and say, hey, you know this didn't work out. We're better teammates than romantic partners. I'm like, well, there goes that story. And you, you sit there and think, like, why did you have to do it like that? Why It's weird. And then, oh, I'm going to get your own apartment. We're better as you know, partners than actually lovers. So I'm like, really? That just ended quick. Uh, you, you could have even played the, with the will they, won't they for a while here. I just don't get it. Uh, maybe it's because maybe Dr. Multiverse is not long for the multiverse. I still. don't know. You know what I mean? But still, you could have played some things. But the idea is, hey, we're going to get some of these comics. We're going to end up warning the rest of the actual comic characters that are in the multiverse this is the way we can warn them and then there are fudges the idea we get money anyway so they don't really have to do it they can survive and then the idea of timing which i thought you would like a little yeah i did. Uh, that different timing the way because i you, understand how you comic talk about it all the time stuff like yeah. That, yeah and i thought that that was pretty neat the way well, that even they how did comics that. come out you know it's for us we have a month ahead of time before each individual issue comes out so and that's like you know a few minutes in between issues for the way that they're written stuff like that so that works perfectly that was cool and you get to see some cool characters. I'm telling you, even just as an art deal, I, I could read. It's so crazy. I could read Thomas Wayne with the zoo crew forever. Yeah, kind of I think they look so cool in that. And I could just see Imagine X characters there for you. And I really like that. It's Again, very I don't know quick. why they have to be Imagine X because I have all the main characters as Imagine X. The yeah, zoo crew is not crazy. Kind of, I'm telling you, they look kind of like they would be that. Yeah, so you end up having that. Now, me and you, you actually, it's funny because when you end up having Calvin buying some books, you end up buying me that Captain Carrot, the, From zoo crew, the original one yeah. at one point. I have it over across the room there. And so that was kind of cool. You have a new Superman where Avery would be in. They have a Thomas Wayne deal from Flashpoint. So he is going, and they're going to look to see they're exactly what led to this. And it's really fun with the idea of Thomas Wayne just yelling, I fucking hate magic as he punches out a cartoon cat. It was so cat. cool. It was really cool. Like, that stuff I can go with all the time. Even when Avery shows up. Abra doing stuff here with her magic. Man, it, Avery shows up and goes, holy crap, I'm a cartoon. It's fun. I like that. Uh, oh, pig iron, little cheese, Yankee poodle, fastback, rubber duck. There is never a character with a name that I love more than little cheese. I love little <laughs> cheese so much. I love the zoo crew. I really do. But, but they're fun. You know, they're fun. You can't take too much of them. This is just enough because it's just there and you, you go through some stuff. And, hey, you know, come up and see me sometime with the Yankee, Yankee poodle. poodle. Oh, yeah, it's so great. But yeah, when you go back to some other Earths, though, I'm like, oh, now we got to go back to these things because that was fun. But yeah, you end up having wow mo. Oh my god, the Donna Troy of the you know the pirate Earth, and it Captain just doesn't wonder. just doesn't do much for any overall story except no, we just go get with Avery this. there. Avery finds out about the comics, and then we have to like because of what Avery found out in the comics, she was able to go and find Thomas on the Zoo Crew planet, and then uses you know the Speed Force to go and first that because and it's such a weird thing because while she is a Flash, the Flash of China. I just don't see Avery being strong enough as a speedster to pierce the multiversal barrier, but she's able to, and it's fine. It's just, it just feels weird because we just don't have all of the background on Avery and how her powers, how developed, how fast she is compared to other Flash and stuff like that. But she's able to go and get Thomas Wayne. They want to go and find, you know, uh, Dr. Multiverse and President Superman, but because of that imagination bubble that's around them, they have trouble trying to, like, breach that, and then we show up as kind of holograms, and that's when we have them. I'm like, we can't help. We don't have our powers. Look, I was scared too, and Barry helped me when my powers right away. You just have to believe in yourself. You just have to like not be scared of using powers. You know what, Avery? You're right. We do have powers, so thank God because 
the end of Dio Darkseid here. He's about to transform into his dark side self, and we're all going to freaking just get hijacked off this crazy planet and go back to Earth-7 to fight the Annihilator, who has the crack to the other multiverse. With all of this, what dark side editors trying to do first off is trying to make him win by just being the editor and force them yeah, to write that which I wanted he wants some editor to changes and then uh so with that there was a weird deal as i'm going through what i thought was going to end up happening or maybe what i wanted i thought that what they were going to try to do especially when they were arguing about thomas wayne batman is the idea that you had to write the character so out of character that it kind of breaks down the walls right. and yeah. then they end up coming and then you have to fix it. And then in the meantime, have like things like online people screaming and yelling at Calvin and Maya. You don't know these characters and things. It would have been fun. Yeah, it'd be funny to see the reviews and them getting That's all upset about saying. it. And just, I'm telling you how great would it have been. We've been in a bunch of issues of Green Arrow. We've been in yeah. fight. Would it have been the greatest where you have pretty much the comic book roundup in and we see Eric <laughs> Shea with a two, but that's what they want to do? Like, you're actually winning for them. And that'd be so hilarious. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I would love to see the blurbs that they come up with everybody, all the people who review, just like, this is the worst. Well, you just have a comic writer. It's just that version of Twitter. And it's like, you know, people like, what did you think of this? It'd be so hilarious. Yeah, yeah really. Snyderverse. And then again, though, you'd be <laughs> kind of, yes, you would have. That'd be hilarious. And so with that, that would be cool. Like, go full out with that stuff. But instead, it's just Darkseid needs to win, so he's going to use his editor spot. But then when that is maybe happening, then you have Avery and Thomas just kind of go without breaking through because they can't hologram. Hey, everybody, you got your powers. All right. Darkseid reveals himself to be Darkseid. Away we go. And this is Apocalyptian arm tech to freaking go and turn back, grab a hold of those, so like, you know, Avery and Thomas Wayne as Calvin and Maya do as well, and they all get sucked away. Yeah, my biggest problem is not, and where people DC's like, going to be all messed up without their editor oh, yeah, two writers now. Out of done Nola. now. I mean, these are the big books, the Nimrod Squad. You end up where, and I would have liked again. Maybe there's Who's too much Nimrod that I wanted. I, I, there must be a st- like the idea that people, oh, it's such imaginative and it's fun. I needed so much more. I like the concept, but I do need more because I do want to see like. Halfway through, they're like, oh, my God, we just cut the sales. This book isn't selling. Okay, get Batman in. You know, Batman's on. There would have been fun things to play with, as especially, you know, Joshua Williamson, a writer, going in. The idea, like, man, how many Batman books are there? Exactly, like satire type of yeah. deal with this, but it doesn't have to be hard-hitting. I just have that fun. a story that makes all the sense, so why not use this time to have some fun in a way that actually makes a little bit more sense because you are playing around. But if the idea, like, I can't even imagine, since Earth 33 is supposedly our world, where the idea that they get the idea that, oh my god, Captain Carrots on Earth 41 with the Nimrod Squad, because I read the Nimrod Squad book. If I had to sit here and talk about Earth 41 fucking books that featuring the Again, Nimrod Squad, I'd lose fun. my fucking mind. That would be the funnest thing where it's it's going to get canceled. Also, you find out that, unfortunately, Maya, not good with people on Twitter. She's yelling and screaming. They're losing followers. And then Calvin has to come in. They're like, whoa, whoa. Uh, there could have been so much fun with a commentary on but how things so go now. so much going on here that we can't spend time quick. scrolling yeah, around. Yeah, it goes too prime. quick. And that's the that's my, my thing that I think it's a shame with that because you have to go with little, you know, little vignettes and things like the that. Idea so far, it's like, oh, my God, Barry Allen cracked through the multiverse. There's a crack now, but it's. It's not like a crack crack that you can go through. It's a physical thing you grab hold of. Almost like it's reverse the Flash's fucking lightning bolt staff that he had in Flash Reborn or Rebirth and stuff like that. And the idea of that you grab a hold of this crack to another multiverse like it's a physical spear almost. And it gives you all this power and stuff. 
I just don't understand because we just keep moving this around as the scavenger hunt. And now it's like, I'm going to shut it down. And just, you know, Dr. Multiverse, when this happens and we stop Annihilator, who's now charged up to the point where he can take on the final form of Darkseid and Mega Beams and all, it just seems where it's like, oh my God, I defuse this. But now Darkseid knows that he's won. And the thing is, we have to let him win. I'm like, I don't know what the story is or what you're going no, for. No, that's my problem. Is, yeah, aren't you confused about what the overall... And we're re- the funny thing I'm is... I'm waiting for the great darkness to come out through this other multiverse, the primordial darkness, and I'm like, what is happening? I like the idea that this Annihilator, when he ends up getting juiced up, he talks like Telly Savalas, Eric. He's like, hey, out of my cold rotten fingers there, baby! <laughs> it made me laugh. I'm like, baby, why does he say? But you end up where well, I don't know who the Annihilator's paired with besides for the Violator from the image, like you know, to the DC. I try to think of somebody's, hey, baby. I loved it, but yeah, the idea of this is the end, and it feels a bit like Endgame stuff. Of oh my god, we have to lose to win. Dark Side has to go now. I know because I grabbed the. Well, even not even the idea that it feels like that, like Infinity War more than War, uh, Endgame in my mind, because that's how it does. But even when you have the heroes, they have to grab a hold of Darkseid like Thanos in Infinity War. Like they're almost trying to pull the glove off him at one point because you have President Superman like on his back. And, you know, Captain Carrot's holding him forward while Avery and Doctor uh, Multiverse grab a hold of his arm while Batman grabs the other arm. It seems like such a weird situation, especially for what we end up with with the idea. Well, I defused the crack for now, but things are going to happen because Darkseid has to win. Yeah, in the meantime, the Batwoman who laughs is here, and she has the glove on. And even then, you could have that play with, you know, hey, I'm going to get rid of the Batwoman who laughs by writing the comic, get her out. But, oh, she's a big hit. I don't know. It's just Please I wish just you could play more right with the great, Like the idea, the great darkness is coming. The em- uh, empty hand is here. And, like, empty is the hand, but the idea that we're on Earth-7, the gentry and the empty hand are still here, and the entire planet has become the, the fucking Oblivion machine that's going to destroy the multiverse, like they did the previous multiverse before this, and I'm like, how the fuck are we still back here? Because I swear, like, you know, Mark just said, happy seven years of podcast, like, seven years later, we're just getting back to this Yeah, whole we're thing. getting back, and that's where I said it was a shame, because you're doing this right away, after the idea that Wonder Woman sacrificed herself. So that the uh, and the hands can do this a different way. Now we're just back to just the thing, and we end up with that last page: the great darkness is coming empty as my hand. I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, like and I you can said. only hope. Like, I want there to be some synergy at DC. Why I don't like Brian Michael Bendis and his writing, but with the Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes coming up and being a big Justice League kind of event kind of thing going forward, I want to call it an event. It really isn't, but. The idea that the, the great darkness is the big bad of that in the, our present time and also a thousand years of the future. That and they have to have like, a coincide with it. That or, it will coincide here with the empty hand and with dark side and the crack and all this other stuff. And that's why the great darkness is there, the primordial darkness that God said, let there be light and the darkness went away. Yeah, yeah. So you get that last page, which is, I bet some people even missed. Because you end up having the final chapter begins at last. I'm here even saying like I'm telling you that seems like an ending right there. And then you get that next page. But even then, when you're like, "Hey, the final chapter begins at last," that sounds like something we would say, not in the comic. Next issue, worlds collide. I'm like, which worlds? And and the thing is, we have two more issues of this book too. It's a five issue, so that's kind of weird. But yeah, again, there are some things that if developed different or had a bigger scope of things could have been really cool i just think that everything's rushing forward to just say it's grant, all morrison. grant morrison White. that's all it seems like you're you're trumpeting grant morrison you're having a grant morrison parade here but it's not as good as good like people probably are mad but i love grant yeah you know what a lot of people love grant morrison this is grant morrison light like you just said and you got to do your own thing and joshua williamson is like, on in, enough in, big in books to mind, do his right? own thing 
it's not as big as something like the Watchmen, but people getting all upset where the Doomsday Clock were like this hailed as a Watchmen sequel, and people were like, "How dare you do something?" But the idea of the multiversity guidebook and everything that Grant Morrison did for the idea of the multiverse going into New Fifty Two, I feel there should be Grant Morrison fans that look at this book and say, "Not on my watch." Yeah, and and maybe you wonder why you couldn't convince Grant Morrison. Maybe I'm trying I to start a fucking like a I riot know, you're up in here. But... A riot here. Now then, Grant Morrison at points has said he's given up doing superhero comics or whatever. But you almost think, well, I didn't just get Grant Morrison I mean, to do thing, this. You know, Superman Authority, I think you went out on a high note, buddy. Yeah, and that was from before. That's why. But yeah, I, I like that. And maybe if he would have done this or co-wrote whatever, whatnot. But you didn't mention that people were saying that with Look, Rorschach, is, Eric, with the Watchmen stuff. So. I, I don't care, but that was the HBO freaking show or like, you know, continuation. But whatever I was thing talking is, Tom King book, but yeah, oh, that I was know, even that was from a continuation that. of that. But um, just the idea that we had this stuff going on and just... It, like when you go back and read the multiversity guidebook, I think I said at the beginning of this review for this, but I didn't care for that story because it was just so convoluted and over the top, and it never went anywhere. And here we are, seven years later, doing something with it, and it's still like, where are we going to go with this now? Because not even the same multiverse that we started with, and why is this still a thing? I don't know anything about the empty hand of the gentry still. But Eric, the multiversity guidebook and going through all those tie-ins let me almost get the soundbite, I need more Nazis from you, is what you said. Oh, freaking the multiversity masterman was a great was one great. shot. That was the thing, too, when you go back and With think Overman? of that. Like you said, the, the, the actual overarching story was kind of convoluted and didn't make a lot of tons of sense and was kind of deal. But those individual stories that you like had the in Just the guidebook League? were awesome. They were so cool. That is actually something that most people should go back. And give, uh, you know, a whirl. A looky look. Check, yeah. Yeah. That, and I know that me and you always say, it, but we love Forever Evil and a lot of other things. But that multiversity guidebook, especially with what's going on now, it seems like it's more important more than ever. Yeah. It's a guidebook to what's going on right here now. It's weird to go from something that should have end up on that else world. It's, it's all weird, this fucking world It's something that should have been rebooted in a different way. Now we're just back to it. And it's just odd, but, uh, Again, none Except of the, the other books. three, which is all kind of crazy, and I don't like it. I know, and none of the other books, like you said, are, are even playing with the end of death metal and what came from that in Wonder Woman, the Hera, and the Quintessence, so whatever. Uh, but I just wish that this would be a little more of a, hey, everybody, this is where we're going. Let's make it easy for everybody to get on board, not get wacky. But, it's not uh, easy. Now, what what would you uh, give even this? the idea that, like, Earth-33, unless you look it up, you wouldn't know that's just Earth-Prime off the top of your head unless you know, and even the idea of Superboy-Prime and how it ties into Crisis and Infinite Earths and all this different history that the world has and stuff like that. But you just, you had nowhere to go. You wrote yourself in the corner and said, Yep, President Superman and Doctor Multiverse, they don't have powers until they do. Until and I'm like, they do. Until it's just they, bad writing at that point. It's funny, too. It's like, until they need to to get off it's like of Spider-Man the world, too. right? It's so crazy. It's like, okay, well, you didn't have them, but now you they have them. They believe in themselves and their powers left. Not even going to even take advantage of that because of the idea that they're just like, we're out of here. It, it's just crazy, right? But with all of that, we got a ton of artists in this. I think each of the art looks great, though. In this whole thing, I think this book looks amazing. It's just the overall story, even though I like the characters and what we should be doing with this book and have the scope of it. This is not a very good issue at all. I think we're just spending most of our time goofing around and not dealing with the the like the epicness at hand. And because of that, I'm giving it a four out of ten. Yeah, I gave it a six because the art and some of the things did intrigue, and I did love the Zoo Cruise stuff. So I'm a little more positive than you, but I have been. I have been a little bit bigger and, you know, letting it go, but you got to do something more than this. You got to do something of, hey, everybody, look, the comic books are the thing that's real in this. Yeah, we've seen that a million times, and I need 
to know what's going on when you end up having this crack that's like, going around. We don't even know what the crack is. Guidebook, throughout the entire like story, which is only one and two for things that are oversized issues, but the idea that the multiversity guidebook itself was the key to the yeah. guidebook story, and I'm like, I wasn't I it like ultra comics that that and whole yeah, thing yeah, and, and ultra comic stuff going on there, and then you had the map, and then we led to metal work to hook yeah. the map upside down. What's there? Nothing. No, yeah. it's the dark multiverse. The dark. Shut up. Now with that too, in the in the story, in this Just League Incarnate story, they keep bringing up, and one of the things that should be the uh, you know something. Oh my God, I got. I got the, the Jeepers Creepers, not the Jeepers Creepers. I, I, I want to see what's going on. I'm worried. Jeepers Creepers. You know, it's the idea. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying. The idea that Barry Allen. Peepers. The, the idea that Barry's stuck beyond that, that crack. And we have to close that and like trap him, maybe but get I him never, back, maybe I not. I never felt like there was anything that I really worried about with that. Even when they go, well, we'll get him later, but well, not, even the not idea. seeing we, him anymore really throws crack, it out. And he's trapped on the other side of it. Can we open that crack up or is it a physical object that just powers us up? I don't know. Well, it did power up stuff, but then we didn't really go through. But the, the end of this is Dr. Multiverse just grabs it and kind of consumes it. And now it's just contained for a little. And everything felt wonky, everything. But that idea of that, you know, you kept having Avery. We got to see Barry. I, I'm thinking like, I don't even worry about Barry. He'll, he'll be fine. I never got any sort of That's tension funny. of the like, idea. I got Wally. I'm cool. Go back to where you were, Barry. I don't know what it is. Maybe, I, like I said, we haven't seen him because he's beyond. So it's like out of sight, out of mind. I'll be fine. I got my West family back. You can go back to where you did like, dad for a while. Something like that should really be like, oh, my God, they can't do that. Oh, that I'm like, no, never even felt anything like that. Just yeah, <laughs> you got your Wally. You jerk. I'm sitting there, like even throughout the entire Joshua Williamson Flash run, where it's off again, off on again, off again with Iris West and stuff like that. Like, what's Iris up to? Because nobody cares. Not even the writers. It's just the idea of the of the Allen family as it is, like them being married or getting married or engaged or just being in general. Even the idea that Barry has a job, like. It was such a fudge thing. Like the idea when Barry came back, like oh my god, Barry's alive. You have your job back, and all this, like. Is he fired yet? Like, uh, maybe. Yeah, you know, up with him yet? He's just gone. I brought it up this week. I don't even know if that totality team is even together anymore. Really? There's like no concept of that. And yeah. Well, Talia's doing Shadow War stuff. Lex is getting his money back. I love the idea when you ended up having Joshua Williamson's uh, Flash Run that we were not big fans of. But Iris would pop up just to solve a mystery that Barry never could, and then Barry would fudge it up and not be able to go. Those forces, the only thing he ever learned was what Iris found in a library. Then he goes up and he's like, yeah, I can't find anything about I was this. laying in bed the other night. I was laying there. I couldn't fall asleep. All I could think about was Barry Allen working at freaking a prison in a cell. And like, yeah, because, you know, that went somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Heights really needed Barry Allen working there in the prison because we did a lot there. The best thing that Iris did was become a murderer. Killed reverse flash, but it's cool because he came uh, right back. Yeah, it was, I just like really like that's what we're doing. Those jobs, though. I mean, really, what's blood work up to, Eric? Who knows? I don't know what's going Look, you on. You see that he it was what one or two issues he got on TV in the Flash TV show. I mean, that was the thing. They actually did get a bunch of things from that run for that, but we just didn't really enjoy it that much. But yeah, hopefully this turns around because I really. Up until like the sixth or last issue of the Infinite Frontier, I was into it. I I really really liked it. Then the idea of that last issue was, oh, it's just going to end up doing nothing and continue. And then just Black Lantern, Roy Harper, Psycho Pirate Omega. I'm like, these are things that I want to see, but it never did anything. And I was all fired up about stuff. 
And then, yeah, it's starting to get a little goofy. Even the first issue, I gave it a, a benefit of the doubt, saying, okay, you're just going to have a little bit of fun. It's a little lighthearted, but now it's just, it seems to be going off the rails, is the problem. The scavenger hunt. Yeah, and I, I don't need that. But we're going to go to the next book, which is what, Eric? Suicide Squad number 11, written by Robbie uh, Thompson and Dennis Hopeless. That's right, we have two writers on this, just not Robbie Thompson, with art by Eduardo Pansico, Julio Ferreira, Dexter Story, Marcelo Maiello, and Dave Sharp. And I just, I, I was really looking forward to Suicide Squad when we first got this coming out of like Future State and stuff like that. Not because I was looking forward to the future that that said we we're going to get with Amanda Waller and Earth 3, but just because of this crazy new team that we're going to have, the idea that we're going back to basics with Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller's in the lead, that immediately fell a fucking through, but it just seemed like it was a bigger scope to what we were doing until it was such a big scope, it seemed out of whack for what Amanda Waller should be doing or capable of doing. And we'll just continue on here. But there's no real purpose because the main draw of this issue is the Suicide Squad have to teleport themselves to Earth-8, which, like a lot of these poetics that I have to bitch about during Just League Incarnate, Earth-8's one of my most hated Earths in the multiverse. It's the Marvel it's just, Earth, just so just everybody the, knows. The, the Marvel Earth, that they're like, hey, here's a, like, a Earth that kind of looks like the Marvel you know, superheroes and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, the Suicide Squad have to go there and fight their version of the Avengers, who are called the Retaliators, because Amanda Waller wants to see if everybody has the stones to do what needs to be done when they get to Earth 3. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, and, and so you, you skip my favorite, Ambush Bug. Get him the hell off this book. He throws me out of it every time, and I don't think he's funny anymore. You, you can't go too deep into it. But you end up where you're going too far, ambush bug. Then you go he's to Earth just narrating, like you're breaking the fourth wall to an nth degree, just being goofy as shit. And so with that, though... Here's where I think that we're going to have some problems with as we go forward and things like that. I mean, something like a machine head and Earth Day we had in the Infinite Frontier books and the Just League Incarnate where they end up being involved in this bigger story and machine head is dead. Or and now he's dead again. It seems well, the thing like there's is, weird I, things. I, I wanted to be upset about this just because of the greater whole of the DC multiverse. Because we know that in Infinite Frontier, that Machine Head was going with Darkseid and ended up getting his ass killed for doing this and stuff like that. But Machine Head is a red color hue armor, but this is a green hue. I want to think to myself that possibly on Earth Eight they've replaced him with a new Machine Head, and this one gets killed. It's just killed. weird. I know it's timing issue and but stuff I'm like that. I'm trying to make it work for my head. Most of these characters were decimated, and the whole place was going down. The Machine Head. Kind of gets well, down again itself. here. Yeah, I'm telling you, not this quick when there's a crack, but you have to go with it. It's just, again, I don't it's think. It's new armor, and I can go with it just because it doesn't look exactly like the other machine head. Yeah, just that every like that whole idea. It, this is just an aside because He's you end up. The rest. Well, you end up playing. Yes, you end up playing with the idea. <laughs> it is the Avengers of this world. So you kind of can play where we say the Justice League stories are kind of happening whenever, whatever. But the idea that the big thing going on did have an Earth 8, and you went and, you know, dealt with these characters before Machine Head ended up being taken out, and they were real big against that. It does lessen things, just like you said when Wonder Woman comes back, and in the regular book, you have Hera, who should be dead, then you're like, what's going on? I'm not going to say that it ruins anything well, or whatnot, the thing is, but... That was also the linchpin, where Hera's supposed to be dead, but because of what happened with Janus killing the rest of the Greek pantheon, and then Wonder Woman has to go to the graveyard of the gods, which 
doesn't make sense for how she does it, but she does, and she brings all the Greek pantheon back to life, including Hera, who wasn't there during the slaughter of the rest. But she was brought back because Darkseid killed her, and, and Wonder Woman, if she was the linchpin that, that could then tell Wonder Woman that something's not right in the multiverse, Darkseid killed her and the rest of the queen, and we can move on to a grander story, but it never happened. But that's the problem, is we want to say that this Infinite Frontier and stuff is the big story, but nobody else is playing with it, and you're just going to go. And not that I think that anybody's going to sit there. Well, Machine Head's alive here. I mean, Machine Head's Machine Head, and this story's the story. But when this you're is a good war machine in my mind. My problem, though, is is that the idea of the Justice League Incarnate book that we just ended up doing, going all around the multiverse for you know wacky stuff, and then you jump into this, and it's you know the way we're doing it, even on the show, where you're like this again, like just the idea of jumping around in the multiverse and going to the earth eight and it just seems like everybody just wants to do multiversal things to pick and choose stuff but this is what this book was doing now when you go through it and they figure out that it isn't the avengers they're after it's the thunderbolts which they have you know they have to go and that ends up like lightning strikes the lightning strikes now are the thunderbolts which is an amalgam of the like everything's swirling around in my head now and it doesn't (laughs) even make sense like you're going amalgam of amalgam of amalgam here if you think about this as well where we are on earth eight we fight the retaliators to where the point where our suicide squad kicks the shit out of the avengers and then calls in the lightning strikes who are the thunderbolts of this universe we have to think about the idea that none of our heroes here or villains because they are the suicide squad have any multiversal sickness that's been pushed heavily in this book. We didn't see them get injections or anything of the sort beforehand, but they are fine here. Now, maybe in the next issue, they will start getting sick when they fight their counterparts, but I don't know. The idea that Amanda Waller seemingly doesn't realize that Bloodsport does not have a brain bump does not make any sense to me at all. Still Peacemaker. In well, Peacemaker, we had that deal of wink, wink, swamp thing was going to do shit. something, but... Yeah. That still didn't Ultraman make much sense. Ultraman ended up burning out for like blood sports. Yeah, brain but that bomb should previously. be something that pops up right away, and they're I like, agree. oh, you know, almost like a whisper. To, hey, by we the don't way, deal with that. yeah, it's so weird. Like you, you have some things that you set up for no reason. That multiversal sickness. There really wasn't any reason for it. it nobody like, else ever has no, that. It, it seems like Robbie Thompson just wanted to make something so that Which, again, these we talked about it. Well, we talked about it previously, where I hope this is a concept that Amanda Waller has on our back burner that she will to bring and talk about the idea that, oh, you're going to die of vibrational multiversal sickness because you don't vibrate and you need these shots for me or you'll die, where it's another way of getting them under her thumb that's not actually true. Yeah, and with that, though, I think we already are getting beyond that. I think it's just going to be forgotten and hopefully people don't bring it up is what they're going to end up doing because the idea of it was if I can't blow the brain bomb, there has to be some reason. But also the reason of you can't just stay on an Earth. If you find yeah, Earth, can't fuck you know, off. and that was the deal where Bloodsport would have maybe liked to pick up a new life on these other Earths where his brother and it might be. And you have this where Amanda Waller has gone and captured all of his brothers so that he can't do that. But it just seems like things in this book start to get fudged a bit and we like and it now we have two writers work. on it for some reason i don't know if robbie thompson's getting replaced no that he is doing the crossover with them so i think that he's jumping on dennis hopeless is doing the crossover when we get to that war of earth three they're going to uh-huh. be doing all those books at that time the two of them so i think this is just to get him on board to get ready for that as we set up okay. because you know they're going to be doing like three books a month at the point so i think that dennis hopeless and him are going to you know pair off and change so i think that that's the only reason but uh that's what i see because he is the guy who's going to be doing that but uh 
Yeah, with this, it just seems like you're just kind of getting to, again, you're just building towards that War of Earth 3 story, but you're not adding anything to this that really makes me want to keep going. And and The fun of the Suicide Squad for us has been the character interactions upon the Suicide Squad. Right now, Match and Nocturne are a couple. They don't like Major Force, but that is the majority of what you get in this. Besides one major thing that is the biggest thing I like about this issue, when you have Peacemaker confront Bloodsport, the idea that Peacemaker is now secretly working with Rick Flagg and his other Suicide Squad as they make their way to Task Force X Island to confront Amanda Waller and take her down. So Peacemaker wants to get Bloodsport on the side because he's a heavy hitter with all his freaking you know gun you know creations that he does. But I like this whole thing that neither of them have a brain bomb. They're not under Amanda Waller's thumb, and Peacemaker wants to know why that Bloodsport won't go with him. And it's a great little sidestep that to make sure that freaking, you know, Bloodsport never screws her over. She has brain bombs in every brother that he's ever come across in any of the multiverses. While his brother has died on this world, the idea that she'll go and kill every version of his brother on every other world to the point where none will ever exist, and this is why he has to keep working for her, I like this element a lot, until... Peacemaker just says something to Bloodsport, and now Bloodsport's on the like, side with Rick Flagg. The, the funny thing about it is I actually wish that it went a little bit because me and you talk, and we're, we're a piece of crap. What we oh, thought no. of the idea of if they had, you know, if it, this came up with Infinite Frontier and after Death Metal, the idea where people were aware of the multiverse. Something yeah. else that seems to kind of get pushed aside with most of these books. I guess you just don't deal with it. But you, you end up it. where... Put that shit out of your mind. We were talking, though, about if we found out that we had other versions, would we want to save them? Kill them? Like, Screw them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one they're them. doing better than me. Whatever. Yeah. So with this, I wish it went more with, like, Peacekeeper saying, like, hey, what do you care about these brothers? They're not yours. And him just saying, like, just this little line of, yeah, but there's other versions of me that will have the hurt that I felt. I don't want that. I, I want them to all be together and whatnot. I like him being selfish about it, personally. I don't, I don't think that he's ever going to go. What, who is he going to pick of these brothers? I mean, he, he's ending up saying that every multiverse and everything has this brother deal of them. Is he going to go and grab one of them? What, are they going to have a... That or Hogu there. Is it going to be like The Bachelor, where he's going to decide who gets the rose at the end? Which one's the best brother? I don't think he's going to ever do that. I just wish that he would have said something like, no, 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 it's about a family being destroyed, and I know how bad that was. I wouldn't want that for any version of me or my brother. It's just a little aside. The other thing, though, that bothers me with this book. motivation behind anything, though, so the idea of that I like. The idea that, and seriously, though, too. I hate ambush bug in this. I hate him. But when he ended up talking about having the British accent, that made me giggle a little. But well, Idris Elba and that's how you read it now. That actually made me giggle because I don't read it like that. And I can't. It's something that is a block in my mind to do. So I giggled at that. The other one thing, though, is there's Amanda Waller. She's on the run. We know all this. She wants to win this time. But how many times are you going to be able to fudge the idea of, oh, I scrubbed the room of that? They get to go everywhere around to be able to talk privately. At, at, with every sort of step of the way going, oh, we can talk for five minutes now. I, I've scrubbed this. We can do this. So the idea of brain bombs not being in, she doesn't know. She knows crap Turning about Turning off crap. the freaking video, the cameras and the audio recorder they and stuff like that. They keep doing that. Before, remember, it was going in the laundry room. And yeah. then we do this. They keep doing that, which lessens. It's almost like the idea of getting somebody elevated with pushing down. Amanda Waller seems like a, a real dupe here. Her ass got her, everything got taken away from her by Red Axe, a freaking kid in a school. Nothing about Amanda Waller's threatening anymore because of that, that fucking that asshole. I think that would have pissed her off and she would have really been hidden, but 
just sitting there like, I know who he is. He's got Batman level intelligence. I'm it like, how the hell do you know who he is? It seems like Robbie Thompson keeps running into dead ends with how to go brain bombs so that you just can set up that there deal. And give me the drama and the romance and friendship of the need. characters and involved. That's my sit biggest there in problem. prison and give me that. In this sh- bell rev. You're setting up. You're setting up this War of Earth 3 thing when all we want is just, you know, the Suicide Squad version of Friends. I just want them sitting around and talking to me because that is where this book shines. And you kind of are balls to the wall here. How does a Superboy clone and a multiversal vampire end up in a relationship and where do they go from there? I want to know. Who ordered the steak, Eric? And I said, I did. That's the weird thing. Remember when I I said... The idea that I didn't like, you know, we're stopping with this Nocturna and match stuff, but maybe I need a little more of that to kind of go. But now you just have to set up other things. We're just sticking it up with Major Force and Ambush Bug. You are. And Ambush Bug, get him out of this book. He ends up... Like, Calabra and freaking Talon, amazing. Match and Nocturna, amazing. I needed... Those were all I really needed. But you had Peacemaker and Bloodsport. Those were fun, too. And they're working well together. Even Rick Flagg bringing together another Suicide Squad. But I look forward to it. It's all about the characters here. But every time you try to introduce the story, I'm like, why are we doing this? I know. And and with that, I don't like the fourth wall breaking. It's not my thing because it throws me out. I mean, it almost is, you know, even full out. When we get, you know, the comic books means something that even throws me out. But that's all Ambush Buck does, especially in this book. You know, you end up having a Harley that'll do it or a Joker or even a Deadpool. But it's never that in your face. Now, I was going to ask you because I just mentioned some of the bigger characters yeah. that do it. Right. Uh, there's purpose to there's reasons. Right. You know, usually it's you're completely insane. Usually, and that yeah. the insanity can get you through. Why does Crush? Because it ended up bothering me last night because people in the Slack were talking about Crush and the fourth wall breaking. Like, I like the fourth. You can like the fourth wall breaking, but it has to make sense to the character. Why does Crush do that? Because is she insane? Do we not realize? I just, that bothered me last night about it. Have Zoni in mind, like, you know, the state of mind is different. Maybe <laughs> that's something that could have been brought up. Maybe that would have been something when you combine. I imagine Lobo and different things. Like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I imagine there's, like, books of Lobo where he's just always talking. It's like, passages that are reading about it. You know how stupid I am, Eric? Real stupid. Actually, I start thinking, does it have to do something with her mother? Does that fourth wall breaking, no. is it some come up that we don't it's know? Not. I know, but it could have. Or it could have been the idea that there's not any other half whatever half Zarnian, and that combination did it. I just it's weird because you take it for granted when people do it, but usually there are reasons why, and that crush didn't. But whatever reason ambush bug is in this book, get him out. It, awful. It really takes everything out, especially in an issue that does have some hard hitting stuff going on here. You know, with a blood sport and a piece. Of, these are things that you can really you know, have like, oh my god, that's really good. That's the character work we want. And then you get the dickery of ambush bug. Oh, here I am in the spinner rack. But then you have Rick Flagg who has showed up and it seems that Amanda Waller knew that he was going to show up this quick. He did it quicker than she expected and she's like, you know, surprised at this, but you have Rick Flagg show up with Peacemaker and Bloodsport by his side, but also having a pair of demon, the Fisherman, Mirror Master, and Laura Zod, the son of General Zod, on his team to go kick some ass and take some name. Like, yes, please give me that. But the problem is, we got the Suicide Squad fucking around on Earth 8 right now. Well, they're getting the lightning strikes. I just like at one point that you're, you know, the amalgam of Hulk and you're beating up a big baby. I'm like, that. get that big baby. I was yelling. the Red Hulk on the and lightning the strikes. Hulk, I'm like, here comes another big baby. Get the big babies. Oh, my oh, what's God. The, what's the Deadpool one? Like, fucking bloody pouches? Yeah, blood pouch there. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, I get it. Who do you think that main one is? Do you think that's Domino? 
Yeah, I said, what, Thrill Kill? I thought yeah. it was Bullseye. I okay. thought it was Bullseye, especially with the about deal. Thunderbolt, so I don't know who's, who would be on those teams. And it's, that's the Red thing. Hulk, it's, it doesn't even make sense in this. It really doesn't go with those characters. Though we do get Thing Man, and we were talking yeah. about the man thing. <laughs> we were talking about the swamp thing. We combined. were talking about that last That's night. That's we were talking about that. I didn't even put this together. Me and you were just talking out of nowhere, talking yeah. about what we would call the. <laughs> I said thing, it's a thing thing. Thing thing. We oh, my goodness. But yeah, yeah but I always go back to the idea of Amalgam Comics personally. Well, so does Ambush Bug. He thing likes man. those. He brings it up. Oh, the Amalgam. I also tell you that Spider-Boy, the Superboy Spider-Man yeah, you Amalgam like that. that they had, is one of the greatest designs ever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So and yeah. his web gun, it's amazing. Yeah, you end up having, yeah, that was pretty cool now that you talk about that. But even like Ladybug, I'm like, oh, is that what? Oh, no, it's a funny deal. <laughs> Just you go with these. I'm like, whatever. And then, yeah, you know, you have a Thor Black Panther. They're, again, that's not enough for this book and now. And Rain, the freaking Scarlet Witch. Yeah, purple rain, right from Minnesota. That one is, but yeah. So they blink out, and then you get the lightning strikes. But at the end, I'm more interested. The thunder rolls. Yeah, I'm more interested in friends in low places. You end up where I'm interested in seeing the actual thing with Rick Flag and his crazy team going thing thing and going against things. But to be continued, Eric, heading towards the War of Earth three. What'd you give this? As long as I like the art of this. I really like the art. All the stuff with the Suicide Squad and Earth, they can really suck my balls because I don't care about Earth 8 at all. But the idea with Rick Flagg showing up, we're finally getting to the culmination of everything that we've dealt with like, you know, like throughout the series so far. But also this talk about why Bloodsport is doing what he's doing, even though he changed his fucking tune at the end. That and with Peacemaker, I like that a lot. And because of these reasons, even with Bloodsport changing his tune at the end, being a flip-flopper about it, I'm giving this a six out of ten. I'm going to give it a six out of ten as well. I just, it, it, it I, we got to get to that War of Earth three. We've been setting it up gradually, I also gradually, need gradually. War Zod and the Superman son of Kal El book as well. I want to have that interaction between War Zod and John Kent. We should roughly be around the same age. It now, would I think. be. It'd be so cool if War Zod can kind of well, change his ways a, and like, be a super well, son. Well, the thing is, he did before to a degree in pre Flashpoint. He was Chris Kent. They took him in and stuff like that. And a so lot of cool. people want that back. It'd be awesome if he ended up where. John realizes that he's been, you know, maybe you can go with the idea he's being controlled here, something along those lines, and then John could save him. Well, I don't even know what he's doing on Earth. He should be on freaking New Krypton with his daddy. Yeah, hanging out in the New Krypton, Eric. But who knows? Everything matters until it doesn't, and then it does. But we're going to move on to the next book, the last book of the night. This is Eric, One Star Squadron, number two. It's two of six. So, Eric, it's short of continuity here. it's two of two. Well, it's two of six, and I just want to make sure you realize this is not a hyper-time book. Even though every step of the way, Mark Russell wants to make it that. Uh, it's written by Mark Russell, art by Steve Lieber, colors Dave Stewart, and letters by Dave Sharp. And so you start off this book, and we like the one, and it was a Patreon-only deal. When we ended up on a spotlight, we liked the first issue a little more Everything than I we thought. Everything I liked about that issue was the rebirth of Gangbuster from the 90s and knowing what happened to him. The idea of maybe even talking about concussions in the superhero community and how it will lead to somebody like down the line, like not being who they once were and trying to maybe get back to what that. All of that was the best part of the book. You get none of that here. So all of the charm that I liked from the first issue was gone. It's just Power Girl being a fucking bitch. Yeah, well, you could do. Oh, my God. I, I actually see that you could get some of that. The problem is, and when I did make a blurb for this earlier, the idea that you have this one-star squadron. First off, that joke 
is not sustaining more than these. Like, it's already old. Minuteman is not getting good reviews. But Minuteman could end up being that deal because he's kind of a drug addict. I don't care about Minuteman. Some, for some reason, I care about Gangbuster just because he was gone and is back. But Minuteman, like, I, I don't know Well, Minuteman. you're playing him <laughs> off as a jerk, first off, who wants more than he probably should get. And also the idea, it goes on too long. You just keep going. And it meanders with this idea of Minuteman not getting the jobs. He's got to go to a drug dealer who's like the nicest drug dealer I ever saw. This guy with his cowboy hat. At least three. They live here. They're, they're my... Tandem. You want to sell you stuff, Jim. What's wrong? If you're going to give the first taste, that's one thing, right? That's the way you play it. Not the way this plays out where Mark Russell thinks that if you, you know, bitch and moan and complain enough, you're just going to get one to get out of your hair. And, and, like no, I don't know about that. Maybe with the, like, the, like the drugs that will make sure that you are addicted and need to come back for it. But, like, you know... I've never had a drug dealer offer me something for free. That's what I'm saying. But usually you would go, you know, you get them, hey, you should try this. And then you're addicted. And they go, yeah. But th- why would he give them this? There's no reason just to set up a joke. And the, the idea of street quality miracle doesn't last a minute. It lasts 45 seconds. Uh, yeah. Really? Like, it's like. Oh, man, now I'm the 45-second man. I'm like Eric Shea in the sack. You, you talk about all these different things. It's like, why can't I just talk about, like, our man? Why do we have to sit with Minute Man, who has powers for a minute? I'm like, I don't know this character. And I'm like, you're making fun of him and telling me he's has it really bad off. But he's such a jerk, I well, don't care. Well, that's the problem. When we ended up having Gangbuster, this was a real sensitive thing of, like, oh, my God, this guy can't remember stuff. You, you get the idea of concussions. Well, Gangbuster was like a night thrasher to a degree over at Marvel, where he was a guy that freaking saw somebody get murdered and he took all of his skills and was just a regular guy in Metropolis going around doing his damnest to clean up the streets and he was just a really good guy even though he might get a little brutal at times but he was gangbuster and he was a stupid character and I like him coming back yeah I felt bad for him because he didn't seem like he was bad or anything he just was confused nobody wanted to associate themselves including what might have been wife slash daughter we didn't know but the idea of Minuteman he's just a jerk and everybody else is too like nobody ends up in these jokes that Mark Russell wants to tell, they, they just don't hit with me. This idea of, oh, we're going to run and we're going to be, you know, a guard for you when you go see Lex, but nothing comes from it. And you end up where the big thing is Minuteman, who he does just end up at this fire party. Fire and plastic man hanging out as security when, like, a corporate meeting's going on with Lex Luthor and somebody else. But it's just, here's Lumberjack and Sportsmaster. They're, they're like Lex's bodyguards, and you're the bodyguards of this other guy. I'm like, hey, look, vitamin water, free. And then you get this party. Minuteman goes to this party. A birthday party for children. Hey, everybody. You like the superheroes? You like Superman? Here's a selfie where Superman looks like he doesn't want to take it with me. Hey. How much that cost, you old man? And then he's like, All right, let me take my pills and my drugs in front of you kids right now so I can juggle a car for 45 seconds. Hey, look at me. I'm flying. Yay. Whoa. Hey, look. Is this your dad's car? All right. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm getting hit by hammers. My powers don't work no more. I'm I'm in trouble. I mean, I think he's had enough. At this point, the dad should be more upset with the idea that he's going to sue them. But they're not going to. What do you mean you're not going to pay? You might be upset about it, but you better damn well pay. He moved my car from the driveway in the backyard. I'm telling you, that is like I go to mow your lawn and then, especially that's kind of like you can dick me and I can't do anything. But the idea of setting up that you can't go to the police because of a bad drug deal, 
that does it. Like almost like they think that's with birthday parties too. No, you you signed this. You ended well, up doing this. The, thing is, the, the guy sitting there like, okay, kids, here's a box full of hammers right now. Hook them at me as hard as you can, and he gets hurt. All right, you like the thing is, you've just traumatized all of these kids. You're bleeding all over the thing. You moved my car. I am still in this company. These kids continue to hit him after he's like, because he told I'm me hurt. to. They have to be pulled away by a dad. These kids are insane. And yeah, they're kids. Look at them. They're just there. He is bleeding out, probably unconscious at this point, and they're still hitting him with a hammer. Minute, man. Yeah. So you have that though, where yes, for this. everything's just for the situation and the joke. But even then, you just have him going. Now he's going to beat up. The, I mean, the guy has like a robe and a, a pink cowboy hat that your mom used oh, to wear, bag. right? Yeah. And you end up he has one of those. I hate those like real big giant earring things in those discs in your ear. Uh, he has one of those. Yeah, is that what it is? I don't yeah. know what they're called. Uh, but yeah, this guy, hey, wait, what's going on? It's me, T-Bag, hey, and then he beats him up. But like what we're talking about right here, because in the first issue, we had this whole corporate corporate kind of thing where Power Girl wants to knock Red Tornado down a peg as being the boss of this Heroes for You business. But the overall story was the rise of Gangbuster, or at least Gangbuster Reborn, whatever you want to go. And that's a decent story to to me, at least. But here's the downfall of Minuteman with the other pit with Red Tornado and Power Girl mixed in as well. And I'm like, I, I like the up the like the uplifting nature of the Gangbuster one. Now we're just seeing the freaking the the rock bottom of Minuteman who I've know about don't know about him, but and just Power Girl like I'm gonna get that Red Tornado out of power. I'm gonna take his job. You guys with me? The weird <laughs> thing about that is is that it seemed like Power Girl went to corporate and said this Red Tornado guy is a real schmuck. We should replace it. Okay, yeah, we think so. Now she's going individual people. Hey, I would have picked you. What does it care of those people? She seemed to be involved with corporate. She was just going to end up fired. I don't know. Are they going to vote then? Because I got you. Or is this going to be like, well, I think Red Tornado's not going to leave. Like she a- went to corporate behind Red Tornado's back. Had to get all of them on the side by talking shit on fucking Red Tornado. And the idea then, like, well, I can't just come back to the office and just claim that this is my job now. I need to get everybody on my side or they're going to call me a real bitch like Eric Shea just did. I just did. think that what you do is I what I would do. Corporate would come in and fire his ass and then say, okay, we're going to put her bad. in. So, yeah, but that does, no, that's what they would do. They're, they're, you fire them. That's what they seem to be going. Now she has to have a majority. She's going through, hey, everybody. Hey, you, I would have picked you. Are She's you on just my looking for team? a nice transition. It's just weird. It's weird the way that like plays out there. So then you have all this going on. Red Tornado comes off as a good guy, at least, through this. That he is kind of sick of Minuteman, but he's going to try to help him. He seems to have loyalty to all these people that he is, you know, that are under him are just superheroes because they've all had a hard time. This is a, you have these people in the background because Firehawk and Plastic Man were picked for the big security detail that pays out really well. And everybody else you see here, like the Heckler and Folded Man, are pissed off they didn't get picked. And this is the big thing, like, hey, you know what, guys? If I was in charge on Power Girl right now, um, if I was in charge, I would have picked you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Power Girl. Like the right, idea we got that you back. the idea that any of these aren't pit- Power Girl should be front and center in all these things. She should be the one getting picked. I mean, look at her. Well, she's busy reading Maxwell Lord's book well, on how to be better. That wouldn't play out well if she's picked. So you got she to go back to her own company. Just do your own thing, Power Girl. Karen Stark can get out there and fucking make some money and on again, her own. And again, we go back to that idea that she has to be being mind-controlled by this book. Or so what is it, a book on tape? I, I, so she ends up where she's trying to get it behind the scenes. You have Miniman who's pissed off. He ends up even grabbing back his movie. Because, you know, the big movie he had, Freedom is... The movie that came out after 9-11 that was made about him, I don't want to... 
know what that movie's about, but it's a Minuteman movie that was, you know, directed DVD. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's it's the joke as it came out. You have the buildings in the background, and it's freedom isn't free. That, to me, is almost offensive. I'm like, screw you, Mark Russell. And I can say that, because then you end up having Minuteman, hey, we're going to send you to this Comic-Con type deal. He goes to sign things, and Mark Russell's sitting right next to him. Fuck you, Mark Russell, you fucking asshole. This book should wow. actually try to be something, and now he's completely made it nothing. With him in this deal... Well, yeah, it's a Mark Russell book. I don't even know what you expected here. What do you mean? that He's in his own book here doing uh-huh. that? That's You don't do that if you're in continuity book here going with this, and it's already a joke. And then well, you the put yourself in... The way that all the characters are acting here and who's involved in what we're doing... None of this feels in continuity to me, even if it isn't seven issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying they said this is in continuity, and now he... They also said that, you know, Perez would have another six issues, and that never if happened If you either. end up writing, uh, you know, a book, and you put yourself in like this, I will slap you in the face. I, I was well, so Stephen angry King did with the Dark this. Tower series, and that worked for me. I, okay, Stephen King, Mark Russell. There's a little difference there, especially at the point when he got to that part of his deal. This is ridiculous. This is totally ridiculous to just put yourself in there oh there's snacks over there in the corner uh, it's it's just this is it two shot we're done i told you who made you talk about this book here this yeah. book is ridiculous yeah, people, people wanted to hear us yeah, go nuts so there you go because when i read that i'm like who's writing this ricky henderson i mean seriously this is worse than using yourself in the you, third you person get that ricky henderson reference third person like it's one thing to say yep mark russell's gonna write a book but then he puts himself in it the idea that it wasn't just an artist putting him on the side, it's part of the script, is the most pompous fucking thing I've ever read in my life. And then it's it's bullshit thing anyway, because Mark Russell himself wasn't a VIP and shouldn't have gotten no snacks. Even then, it's a joke that goes on for pages that doesn't even matter, because Minuteman gets kicked out. I wish he would have went back and kicked Mark Russell right in his balls. Uh, but yeah, it had to be hard kicked, though, Eric. But yeah, he gets kicked out. And then the Red Tornado has to go and and pick him up. <laughs> it's going to pick him up because he'll never so ride home. But it's even the fucked up idea where Minuteman, like Red Tornado wants to be a good guy because Red Tornado is a good guy. Even he's, even he's put in this stupid situation by Mark Russell here. But even the idea is like, Minuteman, you don't have what it takes to do heroing anymore. I can sit you down here behind a desk and do the sales department because for some reason we have a sales department here as well, which is stupid. But no, I don't want to do that because once I give up the hero, and I guess the whole idea, like, you know, Mark okay. Russell, the, the thing is, like, I don't want to retire because once you retire, you've got a fucking dead. You can't get back to what you're doing. Yeah, you like won't that, go back to it. You'll let I it go away. I because it's Minuteman. I know. That's the thing. You should have retired before. I just love the idea. Again, like, we get mad at Bendis. Oh, here's Naomi again. Your character, he puts himself in. And I really wish that there was a way that I could look into everybody's minds and where there's people reading a Mark Russell book and they see this and go, the fuck is that guy? They don't even realize it's him. I swear he's just like, look at you me, said that. guys. I didn't look at the banner. I had no idea that was Mark Russell till you brought exactly. it up. Exactly. But there he is. And he has no the, idea what Mark Russell looks like. And I just didn't happen to see the banner. With he the has the snagglepuss right in front and the Flintstones in the back. There you go. He's signing yeah, things. Those. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you didn't even realize. Mark I have what this called there taste. he is, Mark Russell, right there. He's eating the, the nonsense. Right? Don't screw yourself. You have to insert yourself you into the meatballs and toothpicks. I eat that too. Yeah, but I don't know that I put them. I don't know. It seems like I'd eat them right <laughs> there. Right, you in give the me room. your meatballs then. <laughs> you can have those. I don't like them. What is that going to do? Those teeny little meatballs. Plus, it looks like he slobbered all over them. 
I uh, just I'm telling you. What? The guy upsets me all the time with he this nonsense. Every single Again, one. He mucked his territory. In a book where he's also just pretty much making fun of all the characters and some of the characters that we do like or whatnot with cringy jokes that go nowhere like, and a, I and a setup. See Red Tornado and Power Girl do actual things in the DC universe that don't have to do with full fuckery like this. Yeah, I mean really in this, there you go. We we learn more about Mark Russell than half of the guys. Like even Firehawk I care about to a degree. I don't want to see her put in this situation either. I like that Mark Russell seems to think that it'd be funny later to say, oh yeah, some writer came and You're he wasn't a man. VIP. He wanted to try to pull it back. Pompous asshole he is. Go screw yourself. Again, though, this is supposed to be something where at least play along that you're in an actual comic book universe and not in the Russellverse. Oh, my God, if I got in the Russellverse, it'd be such a jolly full time of laughter and mirth. Eric. No, it'd so be a lot funny. like real life where we fail at everything we try. Well, it would be. No, it'd be everybody in the Russellverse has an issue with everything and has to think that they write a comic book to get it over with. Please, seriously. At the end, though, you end up having... Everybody joined up, but I thought it was a corporate thing that they were going to fire. Now it does seem like they're just going to take over in a coup. Ah, cooer. Go screw yourself. I'm telling you, I'll slap you, Eric. I'll slap you what hard. Do? I'm telling you, if you did that, if you came to me and you're like, oh, I'm doing the Justice League, I'm going to put myself in. I'm like, oh, my God, that Justice League has fallen hard. Ah, but at the I'm end. I'm doing it. <laughs> that'd be oh, my God. No, here's the thing. The greatest thing that I was told by, I, I think it might have been, maybe it was Matt, maybe it was Mark, uh, ended up saying that legitimately now, our doppelgangers in the universe here can go and seek out and maybe, you know, get in a little bit of a tussle with the Mark Russell because he's in there too. We can all fight it out in comic book time, Eric. Uh, where is my comic book guy? I, I need him well, over there. One of the final depictions of us in Metropolis. the Weird Studios was a Metropolis, and yep. this Comic Con is a Metropolis, right, so we Eric. might be at this Comic Con. Hilarious. We're waiting in line, <laughs> but it's not in continuity in my mind. So you it's not there. Legitimately, though, but it is. But the thing is, you know what it is? You see the line that's gathering at the. It's like in airplane where everybody's lined up. One person has the crowbar. The other's got boxing gloves. They're ready to take him out, Eric. Ah, uh, yes, but at the end, it just was, it, it's just, the thing is, I want to like this book because I did like that first issue, and part of this I do I like, like aspects of the minute I saw Mark Russell, I don't know you. what, that clicked, and it, it drove me nuts, Um, but I thought that you could have played out a little better with the Minuteman stuff and make him a little more likable. I don't care. He's a, first off, he's a drug addict jerk off who thinks that everybody should hand him everything because he had a made-for-fucking-DVD movie back in 2001. Uh, really? Then the Freedom one guy, free, the funniest, the one guy goes, what was this in the, this century? Yeah, it I was. Guess. Yeah, yes, it up, was. It, the funniest thing, I'm sitting there, I'm like, that was that was not a great one. That was not an epic burn. It was. It legitimately was, you jerk. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, you love the Minuteman, don't you? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I don't know anything about this character. I don't even know if I've ever even looked him up, and I don't know this character. I don't even know if, like... If it was a thing that DC acquired at some point after, like, you know, Charlton or freaking uh, Ch- uh, Charlton or, like, Boston Comics or something. Along no, the Charlton here is Mark Russell. But uh, it's, it's just a weird situation where, like, I, I want to think that I know a lot of DC characters. I just don't know this one. And when you talk about Miracle and different things like that, I'm like, you better give me our man. Yeah, yeah, I know you our man a little more. At least oh, he's, got, amazing. he's got a little more time on his hands. That guy does. Uh, but, yeah, and, and all around the deal. I don't mind saying it. We've said worse about Mark Russell, and the guy doesn't like us anyway. So there you go. So there he is in his own comic, you know, yucking it up, Eric. And I just really, 
seriously, <laughs> just write a write a story here and stop doing your nonsense. But with that, what would you get? Not a huge fan of the art, but at least it's serviceable for the story that it's telling. But the story is lackluster so much. There's nothing good about this. Nothing makes you feel good. Like last one, I could at least get the idea of Gangbuster just because I knew the character and this is where he'd come. It's hard times for Gangbuster, but at least I know he's there and what's happened to him to a degree. And I was hoping we continue along those lines. Instead, we got Minuteman and this is rock bottom and I don't want that. And <laughs> Power go to sucking like a bitch and I don't need that. So 2.5 out of 10. And Mark Russell in the book. The, the thing about this is, is there is there's a cool thing to be done here where you could have played off this idea of these characters that some look at as jokes, but you actually get to the personal deal and seeing, you know, the idea that they did run out of money and you had a little personal deal, especially with Gangbuster, that shows you, you know, these these things could be, you know, don't forget these characters. I mean, they're not just jokes, things like that, but then you're making them jokes. I mean, the, the idea of what you're trying to do here or what it seems that Mark Russell's trying to do he then yanks back against himself at points to then make you not care. You don't even understand why you need to go through and watch Minuteman do this because you don't feel bad for him. You actually think the kids, you wanted the kids to kill him. And then, so by the end of yes, it, like, it, what did you do with this issue? Gangbuster was a really, it felt like a heartfelt deal to show you that these characters almost, and I even said, it's like a twist on a Tom King thing about the heroes in crisis. You know, these characters end up being discarded with, you know, it, it actually plays the humanization out. of characters. Yeah. And know. it actually plays out a lot like what you find out in sports. And I, I kind of get that this is what this would be, where you end up having these guys, especially, say, a football, where these guys linemen, they're going at everybody loves them, loves them. The minute that they retire, you don't ever hear about them until you find out that they're homeless. And they end up committing suicide because of all these injuries because they are just discarded. And I thought that stuff with Gangbuster was a really good idea of showing that in this and showing that these characters need some help and things like that. And then this one, you just yuck it up. You just end up doing things drug at just nonsense. I will tell you that I am a little disappointed though having G.I. Robot here because going back to that Metal Men 6 issue mini that we had like, like what, two or three years ago now, the idea where we, I think we had Lead and Tin go off to that Roboticon with the original Robot Man and different things. I really wish G.I. Robot was there. That would have been funny. And, and G.I. Robot, again, with everything I'm yelling about, I do still like G.I. Robot. He's like, <laughs> I've killed more people than that. Like, that was pretty funny. I don't mind that. But you end up where two issues in and I'm already like, really? Like, this is not something that it's not funny because then you feel bad, but you don't feel bad because it's trying to be funny. It's everything swirling around in the background. Like you said, you have Karen just being a bitch trying to take over. But why? Why would you want to take over this? Why would you want to be the head of, you know, this team heroes? I don't get it. So with the that, one star you know, squadron, yeah, yeah. Why bunch would, of why, losers and jokes? Why would you be fighting? Be. Why would you be fighting to be the head of this? I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. So yeah, screw that. Three out of ten. I like the art enough, but the whole thing just fell through. We actually were, like I said at the beginning, pretty impressed with the first issue. It was one of the things we're like, More than okay, I ever thought I would be. that gangbuster thing was really cool, but now you just go against that, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, even in this. After all the stuff where you're getting Minutemen to be just a jerk, where you try to get the feels, where he goes to call his friends and realizes he doesn't have any and cries, I'm like, come on now. Stop it. Stop your nonsense. Let's go. And so, yeah, three years lower than me, and I got angry. But, Eric, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Dark Knights of Steel number three. Yeah, I believe that that is mine as well. Pretty cool. I didn't like it as much as you, but I still did like it. 
I'm I'm pumped up. That's one of the books that has me really enthusiastic about 2022, especially that DC versus vampires, as we keep saying as well. Who and even Task Force Z is the next Force Z. And some of these crossover events coming up. So here's what we'll get next week. Two of these books will be on the Patreon spotlight, where you'll have to sign up at patreon.com slash weird science to get, and they will be picked by the badasses to get fresh crew. Uh-oh, I told you, Rob Thomas, that oh, Rob guy Thomas. over there back there at Matchbox 20. That guy ended up saying, listen, I'm going to take you'll a- never be lonely with the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. <laughs> He's like, listen, I just want to warn all you weirdos. And I think he got a hold of Rob Lewis and told him, hey, tell Jim, because, you know, he, I'm not going to talk to a Rob Thomas. And it said there's a big Bat Family Week coming up. Sure and is. there is. We have Batgirls number two. Uh, I hope that I like the Batgirls book a little more than that first issue. I hope that it kind of settles down. And the Batgirls car Bondo. Yeah, yeah. Batman Urban Legends number 11, Eric, I believe. I that don't we, remember any story in the last issue, so hopefully it's good. I believe that we started a bunch of things that, or we're going to a bunch of things that are going to have like a lot of multi parts, like right. six issues and stuff like that. And we weren't really that crazy about them, but hopefully they get better. Detective Comics number 1048, Shadows of the Bat Part 2, Eric. That's right. Oh, my goodness. How, how you know, time will tell. We also have, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I am Batman number five. We'll get a little Jason. I think that this is his last issue in Gotham proper. So we'll see how that goes. Eric, we have Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number one. We have another God, Bendis I book. I hope that it is good as well. We'll see if it ties into what like Eric wants. I version of the Legion, though, and I don't like his version of the Justice League. So let's see how this works out for us. Yes. I ended up predicting some things in it, and I was told I was right on. You also have uh, you know, Joker 11, so that'll be cool. We'll get we're to going see to the Sawyer family. I'm sorry, the Samson family, not yeah, the Sawyers. not the Sawyer the Texas Chainsaw family. Massacre meets the Joker, though. I know that. Yeah, and then we have Titans United number five. So that is a non-bat book that we... Paper time. Yeah, we've been trying it's to go... It's a non-bat book that has Nightwing and Red Hood in it, though. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, which ones do you think are going to be on the spotlight, Eric? I would probably think it would be Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes and Titans United. Really? I think that it'll be Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries. And uh, I'm having problems, Eric. I can't talk right now. My throat is killing me. I think you're right with the Legion of Superheroes, but I think some way it's going to be Batgirls, but we'll see. We'll see what that is. I can't talk. I'm having problems. My my throat is completely... Like closed up. Well, but that's with what you that, get for talking one star squadron and yelling at Mark Russell. I was at Mark Russell. I guess it was. But with all of that, yeah, there's other books too, just to point out. If you're into the Robin and Batman, which me and Eric have been reading ourselves, that comes yeah. out and stuff like Future State Gotham and then uh, Pennyworth stuff. I, I don't know anybody reading that stuff. But with all of that, like we said, two of the books will be picked by the badasses. They got fresh crew. Uh-uh. <laughs> so yeah, try. And go over to patreon.com slash weird science where you can help us out for all this stuff and get more and more and more. But more, Eric, more, more. <laughs> I'm having problems, Eric. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.